Hey guys, brand new podcast, and the podcast is a booming. Thank you everyone for the love with Dane Cook last week. Dane Cook was a uh, uh, probably one of the most downloaded ones we've had in a while. No way. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to Dane, it's last week. And shout out to Halston. We are multicam now. Nice. Multicam. So if you're watching us on YouTube, we are uh, TriCaster adjacent. <laughs> Whatever that means. It means uh, it means you it, like you can. It's it's like a TV show. Okay. It's like four cameras with three cameras with Dane, three cameras today with Josh Wolf. Hey guys, guess what? We're going back to single cam for like three episodes because we we got the we you got bank the, some we bank some in those yeah. single cam, but everything from here on out will be uh, after three weeks from now. After four <laughs> weeks from now, we'll be starting in May. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll put some new ones. Maybe we'll sprinkle them. But uh, but yeah, I, I, it looks beautiful, and uh, tons of people responded to Dane one. I'm glad you guys enjoyed Dane. Um, I'm it's it, it was interesting to see all the notes we got from that one about people going, I didn't know you know him, and you're like, yeah, I'm a comedian. We all know we, all of each other. Not always. I don't know. There's a lot of comedians I don't know. Well, it's kind of a small world, though. I try like, to think percentage who, wise, you know, a high percentage. Based. I want to have I want to have Nick Offerman on my podcast. Oh yeah. I don't know anything about Nick Offerman. Um, but I was with, I was with someone this weekend. I was with Shane Torres this weekend. Yeah. And he said, you got to get, oh, by the way, Shane Torres has a new Comedy Central um, series out. It, there's a link in my Instagram. Check it out. At Syrup Mountain is his Instagram. Fucking young millennials. Yeah. Why? They just, they never have their name in their, they were, they're too At old. At Syrup Mountain? They were too old to get their names because oh. we were all the same we were all the right age when all these platforms jumped out all so, we, were, we were grown ups and we're like oh let me get Burt Kreischer yeah and they were just like ah no I'm not gonna do that or they I were wanna four be, by the way this is my Shane impression I'm gonna be interesting <laughs> I'm gonna do I have a joke where I say I'm, I like syrup mountains your, your impression of him is a lot like your impression of Barry Katz. No, yeah. <laughs> Hell no. No, uh, but yeah, but he's at Syrup Mountain. Check out Shane Torres. He's got that new comedy. He basically takes his friends and helps them get over their fears. And he's got a new podcast coming out. The, the premise is, just kidding, Shane. I'm not going to ruin your premise. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a great podcast. Uh, I had a good time last week with Dane. And, uh, and more like that, I, I have chunks where I am home. And when I'm home, we will have time to be able to bang out podcasts day and date uh, where they're they're in they're in the moment, they're timely. And starting in two weeks, I will be getting back to open tabs. I know that everyone, uh, I know that everyone gets bummed about uh, that I haven't been releasing them. But the problem is, it's that I have a lot of projects that I'm doing, and um, and basically the ones that take me the most amount of time like i've just haven't time, had time to be online at all yeah. and so that would take me time to produce it and so uh so yeah so those will be coming back once i have some free time but th- we got more something's burning uh there's a new one coming up with uh who is it do you know i just got the email I today remember. i didn't get that email today we just got the one know. today uh by the way the uh joe coy and heather mcdonald is up right now on something's burning it's free content, everybody. That's my whole goal is to provide free content to you. That is it. I know that you guys dig it. I know that you guys talk to me. I've heard you at the shows loud and clear. Stick with it. Don't quit doing it. Something's burning. coming back. Trust me. With more projects. Mm. Mm. Maybe a new special. Interesting. Maybe a lot of new things. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Body Shots World Tour. This weekend in... Denver? Denver and Utah. Salt Lake Salt Lake City, City and Denver. 
Mm-hmm. Two shows in Denver, Denver, four shows in Salt Lake City, and then the final week, Green Bay, Milwaukee, and Minneapolis. And then we are in Europe, and then, I say we, it's me, Secret Time, Mark Norman's coming with me, Europe, get ready, that motherfucker parties. He's funny. Uh, he better not go into rehab before Europe. And then Australia. <laughs> so, uh, and that's that. Anything to promote, Leanne? No, just my podcast, Why for the Party. Yeah, the new one that up is about sex. Yes, well, this week's episode is about sex, yes. And that's Mercari. What? Mercari. God damn it. Oh, my God. That's our sponsor. Yeah? Holy fuck. Am I losing my mind? That's I don't Mer- know. I meant to say, and I'm in it. Yes. That's me in it. Yes. But I said Mercari. You're funny. Yes, you and Stephen, Kathy's husband, are my guests when we talk about sex. Like the male perspective on sex. It was pretty interesting. I've gotten the a clip lot of... on, on Instagram is pretty good. It is good. I got one more clip to post before the new episode drops on Thursday. I don't even know what the new episode is. Which one is the new? Infertility is this coming week. Okay, you don't hear me on your podcast. Just talking about my podcast. Oh, well, you asked about anything to promote. Today's podcast is sponsored to you by Mercari. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because I have a bus full of stuff. Like yeah. a, I've accumulated so much cool stuff on this tour yeah. that I have a full bus full of it. And we were curious what to do with it. So my cousin, my sister's name's Cotty, but my also my cousin is named Cotty. Who we call Schmotty. We call her Schmotty. She's coming out to Minneapolis on that run, Milwaukee, Green Bay, Milwaukee, uh, Minneapolis. And she is going to help pack it up and ship it. Yep. And so we we will be putting stuff that uh, that maybe is valuable to me, like but not but I I can part with. Like I have five prints of myself on there. Oh yeah. I have five prints that someone made of me that oh, are really cool. That's. Cool. I have a print of Outcast. I'm probably gonna keep that. Yeah. Although it's a legit. I don't know where we're gonna put it in this house. I don't know either. Our house is kind of maxed out. That's the problem. Is we get cool stuff and then we go. Well, what do we do with it? I don't. I can't put it anywhere. I'm keeping the grill. Yes. I'm going to keep the grill because the grate inside is perfect for yeah. me. But uh, Coca-Cola sent us a bunch of swag. I have a bunch of... I, can't, I know I can't sell alcohol on it. I wish I could. But like I have so much cool stuff that people have given me, uh, like brands, uh-huh. that I would love to, to share with people that want them. And maybe I'll, I'll sign them. But more importantly, if you're like that, if your garage is full of a bunch of stuff and you want to clear up some space, Macari is the app for you. It is super simple. You just take a picture... Add a description, and wham, your item is listed. Macari will even send you shipping labels labels when it sells. How great is that? That's pretty easy. Yeah, that you don't have to print out the shipping labels. Right. They send it to you once it sells, and then everything ships too, so there's no awkward meetups with strangers. App has over 300,000 reviews in the App Store with an average of 4.8 stars. You can't fake that. You cannot fake that. Bad apps get low ratings. Good apps get good ones. And with over 100,000 items listed every day on Mercari, that is why they have such great response. Yep. Yeah. Millions of people are using the Mercari app in all 50 states. Stuff sells. It really sells. And you can sell everything from fashion to electronics to toys to sporting goods to hats. I have a ton of unused hats. So many hats. I have a ton of hats I've used once. Good Lord. That are like great hats. Yeah. I would love to I would love to make space in our closet. I would love that too. A bunch of concert t-shirts. And tennis shoes you've worn one time. Make a few extra dollars, but more importantly, clean up valuable space at your home. Don't let the stuff that you don't use go to waste. Sell it, ship it, and get paid with Macari. You can find the Macari app 
in the app stores or on Macari.com. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I, Macari. Get it in the app stores or go to Macari.com. Macari, the selling app. This podcast is also brought to you by my brand new shaved balls. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Thank you, balls. <laughs> you know you know when I get passionate about a fucking product. I didn't realize Manscaped was a product that we were sponsoring the podcast. I got a, I got a, bo- a box from Manscaped and it was a bunch of shirts. It was like an, uh, uh, an instruction manual. It was a bunch of stuff. But what I saw first and foremost, and we've talked about this, I've talked about this on other podcasts, um, was a... A tiny set of clippers that plugged in with a USB cord into, I plugged it in real quick on my desk. I opened it back here and I checked them out. I just lost enough weight to start shaving my balls again. I got down to 245. I was up to like 250, 253, 256. I mean, I was this huge, but I got to the place where I could shave my balls. My balls were driving me fucking nuts. It was like, I felt like all the hair was long and stringy. I hope that they're cool with this, but this is what this product does. You were Sasquatchy. I was Sasquatchy. I was Sasquatchy. Uh-huh. Captain Caveman-esque. Yeah. And I was frustrated. Now, I, I have often shaved my balls in the past, but some of the clippers I use for my face, they are a little bitey. Yeah, I know. I think I talked about shaving you. Did you? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And anyway, I tried these out <sighs> and I had no nicks. I, had, I, I would argue that these clippers are meant to leave you nick-free. More importantly, they're tiny. So when they're small like that, you don't, you're not maneuvering. There's no cord attached. If there's a cord, you're moving with a fulcrum at the end, like some tethered. It's like, it's like trying to clean your house with a vacuum that's plugged into the wall versus clean your house with a vacuum that's unplugged. It's just liberation. I'm telling you, the Perfect Package 2.0 kit features the Lawnmower 2.0, which I was using that has skin safe technology this trimmer will not nick or scratch your nuts it is 100 percent waterproof i did not use it in the shower i used it on top of the toilet <laughs> but these are precision tools for your family jewels what are you laughing about i um, love this i love this sponsor shave they your- will not nick or scratch your nuts i mean is that really a saying you ever thought you'd ever hear or say <laughs> uh, no and that's why i'm so happy to have this product because how often have you when you cut your nuts they fucking bleed oh yeah they ble- i've cut you before i don't have nuts i've cut <laughs> i'm nutless honey are we gonna are we gonna lie about this all of a sudden i don't know what you're talking about baby I don't know that you talked about this on... I don't think we've talked about this publicly. I might have talked about this publicly. Awesome. That's fabulous. Well, you have never nicked or cut my nuts. Okay. Thank you, though. Get 20% off and free shipping and a free travel bag with the code BERT at manscaped.com. Trust me when I tell you, if you are shaving your nuts, you're doing it wrong. If you're not using the lawnmower 2.0 with the safeguard skin safe technology, trust me, trust me as a man who shaves his nuts. Trust me, trust me, trust me. And Easter's coming. What a great gift for dad, right? Yeah. Easter. Have the Easter bunny bring him the, oh, yeah. the lawnmower 2.0. Maybe you could shave the Easter who bunny. Who wants hairy nuts? <laughs> Do you like my nuts better shaved? Uh, I like them anyway I can get them I like how you're freezing up during this read that's 20% off with free shipping and a free travel bag at manscaped.com and use the code BERT thank you so much Manscaped you guys really changed my I've been been playing with my nuts so much more that's awesome that's really inspiring well no it's like when they're hairy you don't want to touch them it's like yeah I know I noticed you walking around the house with your hand in your pants quite a bit anyway it's like so funny that you get 
that hair on your nuts is bothersome, but when you lose it on your head, it's panicking. Yeah, if you could only just reverse that. Yeah, I know. Well, guess what? The guys at Hims can. This podcast is also brought oh, to you by Hims. they can reverse that? Yeah, let me tell you something. You don't understand the feeling. You know it's your first moment of aging. When a guy starts losing his hair, it is his first hint towards mortality. It's scary as shit. I've been there. I'm still there. I'm a little cooler with it, but I, I stopped the process. I stopped the process because I got in front of the bus. That is what you got to do. You got to get in front of the bus and go, there's a bomb on your bus. And then get on the bus. Aha. Uh-huh. Is that a little There's too... a bomb on your bus? 66% of the men start losing their hair at age 35. Once you notice it thinning, it can be too late. That hairline is slowly starting to move backwards. Do you have any bald spots? I know I do, and I stopped that process. My hair loss has stayed where it is since I was 22 years old. I have had this same hair since I was 22 years old. Go watch my Netflix specials. Take a look at my hair, and you'll go, wow, so you did that. You got in front of that. Right. That's exactly what you get. The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair. It's time to get a handle on those locks of hair you have. Do you have a bald spot right now? Are you popping a, see your hairline receding? Do something about it right now. The guys at Hims have the solution. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. My friends, all of them that have hair are all using this. Most of us at 46 should be bald. But if you, you're looking at your favorite comic and he still has hair, chances are he's doing this already. And we had to do it when you had to go into the doctor and have that awkward inpatient visit. It was uncomfortable. You don't have to do that. For Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours, completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions. A doctor is going to review it and they'll determine if it's right for you. They can prescribe the medicine for your hair loss treatment right there and ship it to you directly to your front door get the hair loss treatment that everyone's talking about featured in gq men's health esquire and playboy just name a few order right now my listeners can get started with the hymns complete hair kit for just five dollars today while supplies last and that's obviously subject to the doctor's approval restrictions do apply see the website for full details this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy or somewhere else but you can go to forhims.com slash birdcast that's f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash birdcast forhims.com slash birdcast live your best life totally that's me i put the best life in there and well, for hims doesn't that. like that yeah, if you have a lot of hair i'm living definitely... my best life yeah yeah for sure i ain't kind i ain't got time to fuck with you um, okay. That's, I, I got obsessed with this comedian, Little Duval. Who was that? Oh, my God. Little Duval? Yeah, he's a he's a uh, comedian, but he's also a singer, a rapper. I don't know. He's got a great website. Speaking of websites, this podcast is also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace, Leanne can really talk about because Leanne is someone that is not what we call technologically advanced. At all. She would not know how to post a podcast if you said you need to post a podcast. However, this woman built the website for her podcast, built the website for my podcast, built the website for my website, my birdbirdbird.com. She did it all. And not only that, but it increased our business, my business with merchandise, with tour dates, exponentially. How our merch price, our merch sales, how much did they go up? Oh my God. They like they like tripled. Tripled. And it was all because 
the it, website she built, she designed the way she wanted to. It was super easy. They have people that are there for you 24-7 that if you have any questions, you can call. They'll take care of it and help you get through it. But it's super easy to design. It can be the design you want. Yeah. And and so if you're someone that has a creative business, you want to showcase your talents, like publish a content, sell products, services of all kind, promote your physical or online business, announce upcoming events and or special projects, and much, much more. Trust me. They do all of this by giving you the ability to customize your look and feel and settings and products with just a few clicks. Everything, everything. A new way to buy domains and choose from other two, over 200 extensions. Analytics will help you grow in real time. Built-in search engine optimizations. And like I said, 24-7 award-winning customer support. I'm telling you, do this right now. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code BERTCAST to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's Squarespace and enter the promo code BERTCAST. Make it yourself. Easily created websites by yourself. Make it stand out. Stand out with a beautiful website. Ready to start your new business? Make it stand out. Get it started. Think it. Dream it. Make it. Destiny's calling you. It says you need a new website. Make it right now. Make it brighter. Keep it dreaming. Make it reality. Squarespace. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thank you for all the reads, uh, for listening to all the reads. Thank you for supporting all my sponsors. Thank you to all my sponsors. That's what keeps the free content coming. Yeah. Yeah. That little short intro. I mean, it's like probably four minutes is basically no, I think it's more like two minutes it's very it's, short it's, but, but, but uh, I try to make it fun I try to make it enjoyable I listened to the intro we did with all the sponsors with Dane was I Dane the one I was, I was drunk for no it was it was no the one, before that. the one before that holy fuck why I was wasted yeah for um, Greg Fitzsimmons and Allison Rosen's reads and it is all over the map and you can hear it in, we got into a fight in the middle of it and you started laughing at me and making fun of me yeah dude those 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 sponsor reads were comical and and even like there were so many fuck-ups that i did where i had halston started over that there's one where you didn't you forgot to take it out and i you hear me like go all right start it over halston <laughs> like there's one part i forget either that or i said it twice i say it twice and I'm just like, oh, but thank you, everybody. Today's podcast is is a great one. It really is. This is what the, I've always, you know, sometimes the podcast gets interviewee. Sometimes it's just a hang. Um, the more I it, it podcast with someone, the more hang it is. So, you know, when we drink, obviously it's a hang. If we smoke weed, it's a hang. Cigars is a hang. And then sometimes, you know, I have ones where it's a guy who I haven't had on the podcast that I know a lot about and I want to share that person's story. So it's less of a hang and more of an interview. This one's a hang. I've known this guy for a very long time. I first met him when he was a young father uh, at uh, at the Hollywood Improv. God, that must have been like 15 years ago. You would have been a young father too then. I was. I was. And, but he was a young father. Like he had like a 10-year-old. Oh. Like, yeah, his, his kids now are in like the military. Oh, my once God. Once in college. Uh, Josh Wolf started up in Seattle with Brody Stevens. We talk a little bit about Brody, I think, right? We talk a little bit about Brody, about the loss of Brody. We had just lost Brody at the time. Uh, we, you know, it still feels like we just lost Brody. Um, we talk about Brody or about our interactions with Brody. We laugh about it. Um, we're comics, okay? So if 
if if you're still mourning the loss of Brody and you're not ready to laugh about it, I don't. I mean, I'd say still listen, but uh, but it's fun. We talk about Brody, uh, and I think Brody would have laughed. Uh, we talk about we talk about whether or not how many people we could beat up in this world. I mean, we it's just a fun fucking podcast. It's what it's all. I think it's three hours long, right? It's it's o- almost over three hours long because we just get lost bullshitting. He is one of the easiest guys to talk to. He's one of the greatest guys around, and he is a fantastic comedian. He's got a show called Controlled Chaos that is on Twitch, correct? I don't think you know that info. I've done it before. Um, and check it out. Uh, he was on Chelsea Lately. We talk about the Chelsea Lately train, what that was like. We talk about Chelsea a little bit. Um it's just a great podcast. You're going to love it. That's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Wolf. This is Nerdcast. Yeah, it's, I, I'm looking at other treadmills right now. That treadmill is just so aggressive. Well, even during Sober October when we were doing the thing, I, yeah. I mean, even I, I couldn't even use it then because it was like, it was just a nightmare of a fucking workout. Do you know what looks like the worst thing of all time? What? You know those those bikes that you see like in New Orleans or other cities where they're biking and drinking at the same yeah, time? Those I've big. That. that seems like the worst idea of all time. I hate to say this, but I don't think the bikes actually move it. I oh, th- you're not doing the work. I, I, I well, the thing drives itself, and like I've done. I forget where I did it, but I was I did it. Uh, Fuck, I must have done it in Vegas or something. But it's I did it in Vegas, in old Vegas. I've never been like, I'm gonna do a couple shots of tequila and then let's go <laughs> ride a bike. I think I think I think it's uh, I, it's kind of like um, it's like those uh, it's anything that just it's the the idea of it sells it. It's not it really doesn't do what it says it does. Yeah, because I was on there and I was literally out of the saddle, fucking pumping it. Like I was in a spin class and the thing wasn't going any fucking faster. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's not like you see one bike moving faster than the other. That that would be a thing. I would I would be very interested in getting into some, some sort of financial bet if that thing does work. Right. For me to see how fast me and a group of people can get ourselves to from LA to Vegas on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would... I'd be very interested. In I that. was gonna propose something different. We go down to the L.A. River uh-huh. and we do like Grease Lightning style, and we get a team of two people, two teams. I'd be interested to in race in the L.A. River. I'd be very interested in this. And then we put up we as teams we put up a certain amount of money to bet. Uh, I go to spin class every single fucking day, so I'm this is right up my fucking alley. I, I mean, I think we could Grease Lightning it because and we could find a spot in the L.A. River. Yeah, and I say we get down and do it. And what is it? Eight people. I want to say it's yeah, probably eight people. I want it feels like more. I got. Uh, should we have a draft? I mean, that's how we should do it. We should have a draft. We should have a pool of people. I'm I I take spin every fucking day. I take spin with uh, John. You know, John, Asian guy, worked on uh, yeah yeah. He's in my spin class. Is he like he's he can fucking, just go for yeah? He's a monster. He's not in there worrying about a stro- having a stroke. <laughs> I'm having. I'm in spin class. It's a hot spin class, right? So yeah. it's like it's like I think 100 degrees, 90 degrees in there. Yeah, and you. Pour Poor sweat. It is pouring out of you. And uh, I'm in it in there the other day. I'm kind of in my little zen place where I'm like, all right, focusing, uh, pushing, 
like really in there in my moment and uh my sister goes luke perry died and i'm like in the middle of class i'm like i'm trying not to have a stroke please don't bring it up (laughs) let me ask you a question you and i are around the same age are you at a point now where a pain that you got five years ago you would have just brushed off and now you're like is this the end yep like this might is this is this the end? Like, I have a little pain in my left arm. Does that mean heart attack or does the right arm mean heart attack? Uh, I have a pain in my thumb right here. Yeah. I, th- I fell snowboarding on my hand and I think I might have maybe broken something in my hand. I haven't fixed it, but that's why I'm all into grip strength right now because I started fe- feeling like I was getting a baby arm. So I was like... That's what I feel like. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, time to lift fucking weights. I'm going to... I've been doing grip strength uh, techniques all... Fu- I mean, I bought four of them they're all over the house <laughs> i i have one of my carry-on but <laughs> yeah i'm gonna bring it on my, on my that, flights but I have this it. is the camry because i saw i saw alex honnold yeah uh, the rock climber he by the way he didn't squeeze as hard as we did he just did it with like one hand and he's like uh left, right hand 90 is that good like didn't he's so not is that the dude from free solo yeah did you watch that no i haven't seen it that... you have to go to a movie theater to see it no what? No, uh, National Geographic Channel has been running running it straight. Oh fuck! Oh Bert, fuck! It's 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 crazy. Uh, I I my hand. It's so funny. I have a joke about him in my act that uh, like he doesn't drink or do drugs, and how the fuck can he treat himself? Yeah, like, he can't jack off because his hands are the texture of dog paws. <laughs> and uh, and I go, it's so interesting. He can't jack off, but the second I watch him climb, my hands lubricate like time to jack off. <laughs> my hands get so wet the second I watch him. And I've, all I've been doing is watching interviews with Alex Honnold and interviews with... Here's what I find interesting is he literally was like, someone asked him, so do you think this is going to spawn like a real interest in free solo climbing? Do you think someone will want a free solo uh, El Cap again now that you've done it? And he was like, no. I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. What you've shown is a path of how to get famous. Yeah. You, that may not have been your goal is to get famous, I guess, but this is how you get famous is beat Alex Honnold. And there are people out there that just want to get fucking famous that are just going to go, time to free solo El Cap, do it faster than Alex Honnold, time to free solo. Yeah, but 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 like, there's no, if you watch that, first of all, I had no idea, I had no idea how intricate you have to be when you're mapping the climb. Oh yeah, he had to climb up and then down with no with a notepad. I haven't everything. seen the, I haven't seen the documentary, but I've watched so much video. I became obsessed with Alex Honnold. I've watched so much video about this kid. It's fucking insane. He broke up with his old girlfriend because he wanted to. He needed to focus on climbing. The woman in the woman, his girlfriend in Hot. the. Have you? I I've, don't want to ruin it for you. I. She, the, the first climb they went up together, she kind of let go of the rope. Dude fell, not let go, but made a mistake and ruptured two. He he had never fallen. The only two times he's ever fallen is with this woman. <laughs> and it, I was just like, dude, what? You got to break. You got to like, listen, I don't get in fights except when I drink gin. Yeah. Guess what? I don't drink gin. <laughs> yeah, you got to. But I will tell you this. You, you know, he said there was a time where like. I thought you were free soloing. Yeah. What? You really wanted me to hold on to the rope? I thought you were free soloing. That's your thing. Free solo, free solo, right? You say free solo all the time. God. I will say, though, man, you know, what didn't surprise me that much is a dude who spends so much time alone on a mountain, not too good interacting with other people. Dude, have you seen his interview? His, I'm going to do I'm going to cover it in open tabs this week. 
his interview on the red carpet where they or where they sit him down. They go, so you're in a North Face tuxedo, and he's like, uh huh, yeah. And they're like, so, so how, how are you excited for the Oscars? And he's like, no, I'm pretty worked. I had a pretty hard workout today. My leg, my left shoulder's bothering me a little bit. And then they're like, yeah, but you're excited for the Oscars, and he goes, no, I mean, yeah, I guess it's not now though. It's not right now. So like. <laughs> That's what the whole movie was. when And when he was talking with his girlfriend, at some point, he was starting to loosen up. But at the beginning, it was like a robot. who, Or it was like somebody who would who came down from outer space. It's how I picture Tom Cruise to be. When I picture Tom Cruise, I, I think he addresses every situation. He researches every situation. This is how people are supposed to act at a Super Bowl party. Yeah. You know, and he'll bring a six-pack of beer and whatever, a pizza. Yeah. This is what human beings do. That This is... This That's is so funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm having I'm having uh, deja vu right now. Have we had this conversation before? I don't think so. D- Tom Cruise is like that. Like, That's, hey, uh, to his personal assistant, Google what you bring to a Super Bowl party. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Google what, how you're supposed to act when you're in a table with other people having dinner. Like yeah. that's how I think, and then he does that. He'll research it, he rehearses it, and then like that's what to me what the Oprah couch thing was. Hey, uh, how are people supposed to act when they love another human being? Yeah, you know what I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, that's and that's how I think he. Look at his movies. That's how meticulous he is with his movies. Yeah. And by the way, I've had this discussion with other people before. I'm curious what you think. Anybody in the history of movies run better full speed in a suit than Tom Cruise? No. Rich Eisen, Daniel Rich, Craig, Rich Eisen. I didn't. I just found out that. The oh, the, co- yeah, he does that. I, I found I out love that, that the cover of his uh, TV show is him running in a suit with the, for the for the forty. Yeah, I thought it was saying like, "Ah, oh, we're so put together. I'm running late for my show." Oh, no. I didn't know that that's what it was. No, Tom Cruise is the best runner probably ever. He gets those little arms and legs pumping, pumping. I had an idea. I had an idea that I wanted to. Um, I wanted to put together a reel while I was on the road for this tour. I wanted to do, do a reel of uh, this is my. I just want. I wanted to hire a crew and go. Hey guys, it's Burt Kreischer. I'm not going to be able to audition, but if there's some roles coming up for action stars, I want to show you my action star reel. Here's me running, and then it's cut to music, and it's just a really beautifully shot, but it's me running, and then go. This is what I look like. All the stuff yeah. for you that are really actually are important to an action star, but. I wanted to show everyone my action star moments. This is me lighting a cigarette. This is me. This is me taking a punch. Like this, you got to take the punch and then check the hand yeah. for blood. Yeah, you got to check, look it, and then look back up. Like I had, I had, I had thought of putting it together. Here's my problem: is I, I think things are going to change, but I need like a, I need like a legit team with me at all times to fucking follow through on anything well let me ask you a couple questions about this reel yeah. now when you're running are you gonna be shirtless oh yeah shirtless yeah yeah yeah. yeah well, i think so shirtless 100 shirtless uh, i might uh, even be in a any speedo. weapons uh no but i've got a bunch of weapon things because i've got guns around here so like i'm gonna have uh th- i i had planned it out i was basically wanted to take a shot list from die hard mm-hmm. all the things he does and then recreate them you know what we're need, we're gonna really need is a catchphrase. Like you're gonna need some one liners. I'm the machine. Some I, I'm the. <laughs> by the way, I'm the machine is not but because if you put somebody like in a meat grinder, yeah, you can always be like I'm the machine. Or I'm you know, the machine. <laughs> I'm the machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna deliver my catchphrase so many different ways. 
I'm the machine. I'm the machine. I'm the <laughs> machine. That's all you said. You were like Groot. Yeah. And all you said the entire movie was I am the machine. Yeah. But you said it in different ways. I'm the machine. That is, uh, yeah, I had, I had thought about doing a bunch of different, uh, I, I sent them into my manager and I was like, hey, let's get together a crew and shoot these. Uh, while I'm on the while I'm doing my tour because I can't audition, let's just do it's like basic audition reel a reel. Yeah. Um, and he was like, "That's a great idea." And then, you know, things get away from you. You know, we what gotta, I, we got to write you some catchphrases though. We got. I mean, we, let's let's think. I'm gonna think on it and send you some later. But some catchphrases I think will be really important for you. I would definitely fucking agree. I definitely. agree. I mean, you need your. I'll be back. You need. You need your. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if you just did a little twist? On the on the well known. Catch you later, <laughs> alligator. <laughs> I'll be back shortly. I'll, like, be, <laughs> I'll be back in five. Went to lunch. Yeah, out to lunch, baby. Out to lunch, baby. I think that would be the way to go. We just got to update him a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. mind doing that. So wait, how was Brody's thing last night? And, Man, and, is, and so are they not doing the one on the 11th now? They are doing the one on the 11th. Okay, but the one on the 11th is not going to be as good as last night. The 11th is just for friends and family, and mm -hmm. last night was tickets, like for the pub. Oh, 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 yeah. I can go to the one on the 11th, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, get a yeah, call. Yeah. It was, man, uh, you know, I, I started with Steve in Seattle. Yeah. And um, I think can one I of the people you, that calls Steve. Can I tell you one Steve. of the biggest, one of the biggest... One of the biggest hiccups in his career. One of the things I said to him is like, oh, Brandy, Brandy, there's a tad bit of a branding issue. Is that when you started to succeed in this business, you changed your name. Yeah. <laughs> he changed his name at the height of his success. It was the fucking one thing you don't do is change your fucking name when people found it out. Yeah, he fucking changed it like. Yeah. I, 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 he's, he's, he's on enjoy it. It's things are fucking yeah. huge. Yeah, I run into him at Starbucks. Right, right. I, he was here right when he had his first breakdown. He was at my house like a couple days, like right when it was starting. Yeah, I was having a barbecue and he came over, and you could tell he was something's off. My my daughters could tell something was off. Um. Just the way his, the way his, everything was a little like, mm. and he, all he did was he grabbed my baseball glove and kept throwing a baseball in my baseball glove. And it was just, it was odd. And there were people here and he just was off. But, uh, but yeah, he, I, we saw him after, after everything started to blow up. And I said, girls, this is Brody. Do you remember Brody? And he goes, that's actually Steven Brody Stevens. And I went, huh? Yeah. He was like, my real name's Steven. I was like, but Brody, doesn't matter. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah. You got to get. Yeah. You 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 had a TV show, and your name was Brody Stevens. You've been working in this business as Brody Stevens for fucking That's twenty years. <laughs> well, it's, it's what made him fucking interesting to me, dude. Here's the thing, like, like I said, I started with him, me, him, and Joey Diaz started yeah. together, and um, I know you're probably wondering why aren't you funnier? Good question. <laughs> Somebody had to come in third. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but but like, it was so crazy to watch him because when i met him i met him as steve brody yeah and he got off stage one night after he was bombing the only way he could bomb yeah and he walked up to me and he was like man he was bummed out i go you doing all right and he goes no nah, steve brody isn't funny and i said yeah you're funny he goes no you know who's funny i said who he goes brody stevens and i said who's that and he said you'll see tomorrow 
And he came back as that guy that you know. Really? He Okay, because what had happened, Bert, we would watch him much like Joe Diaz. You know, when Joe Diaz first started, and he was just writing jokes, he was funny, but not until he snapped on stage and that anger and that intensity came out. Yeah. Were, when that happened, he would blow up a room. Yeah. And so Brody would just try to do what other comics did. And it wasn't until the first time I saw him break, he he was like, I don't think you understand people. I could not write my jokes today. And he was totally serious. It was very hard. He goes, I don't think you understand how hard it is for a single man who lives his, <laughs> who lives alone to shave his back. And he said, I want to show you my trouble spots. So he lifted up his shirt and started to discuss his trouble spots. I had never seen anything like that. Yeah. But it hit so hard because he was such a crazy combination of um, silly and vulnerable. Yeah. Usually when you're so silly, it takes you out of vulnerability. But he somehow kept ridiculous and vulnerable together. And I just don't, I've never seen the combination of those two things and things that we, people that we know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so he was a true, like to me, he's the heartbeat, like he was the heartbeat of the store. 100%. Because the store, any club can have huge comics like you and Rogan and Burr go down. But to me, the magic of the store is from 1 a.m. on when Barris and Brody and those weird dudes get up and it's just free creativity and they're just up there just doing whatever. Yeah. That's what separates that place to me. You know what I mean? I agree 100%. I, I think, you know, Brody, I, I, I met Brody in New York when, uh, when I first started. He was at Collective Unconscious. And he had the movie, I think, 10 Things I Hate About You was out. Uh -huh. And he did a joke, 10 Things I Hate About Me. And the first one was, I have hair on my penis. Not on the base, halfway up the <laughs> shaft, people. Halfway up the shaft. I <laughs> was laughing so fucking hard. Yeah. And, it, and that wasn't the type of room where that, like that room was very alty, very, very alty. They hated me. Uh, but Brody was one of the only nice guys. That was literally, literally only nice guy in the room to me. Everyone were fucking cunts. But who cast a wider net than that dude? He In the alt rooms, and he could play a barn in Iowa. I saw a video this week. Yeah. He could play Largo. He could play the alt room in New York, or he could do the store. Yeah, and he, I, we, me and Ari watched him when things were really popping for him with the right after the Zach th movie. Yeah. Or TV show, um, bro. Ari and I watched him at UCB one night. Murder. I mean, just m annihilate that room. And I think that room was that was that room was really great for him because people really were there for the ride. Sometimes yeah. at the store, you there were some people that just didn't get it, and and that would frustrate Brody. But man, that UCB room, they were there for the fucking ride. Yes, y you know he was a lot like. Um, I started with Mitch also in Seattle and I remember him telling me, I forget the exact percentage. He might've said 15 or 20, but he went on a, a, a van tour with a guy named Chard Hogan. You ever meet Chard? Uh -oh. He went on, and this was back before the internet and they would drive, they drove around the U S and they would stop at Mike's and then they would ask the people where they did the mics. You know, can we get some food? We'll take out the trash. And that's how they did the whole tour around the country. Mm -hmm. And he came back and he was like, uh, I consider myself to be a 20 percenter. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, when I walk into a room and nobody knows me, I get 20% of the crowd. 
the other 80% has no idea what the fuck they're watching. He said, now I just got to figure out a way to get the 20% together. And that was the same with Brody. That UCB crowd, can you, and then one of the reasons that I consider him to be one of the braver performers that I've ever come across is because think about it at a place at the store or the laugh factory when there's a lot of tourists or yeah you're you're brody you're walking on stage you know your first five minutes at best at best people aren't going to get you at yeah. worst they're gonna fucking hate you <laughs> hate right yeah i'm sure you watched him a couple times and you saw people in the audience like what the <laughs> is he talking about his gpa like i watched him one time dissect the bus maps in Tarzana to an audience of people that are not from fucking Tarzana, but walking through the bus maps in from Tarzana. Ah, yeah, dude. There's no way he would ask people in the audience, where'd you go to high school? And they'd say the high school and he would name the mascot. Yeah. And what the fuck? Not college mascots, not pro high he, school. He told my girls they were 818 till they die. Yeah. Oh, uh, Eight one eight till you die. <laughs> when my son was ten, I asked him. I go, "Hey, bro, do you want to come uh, help?" They're little league. Yeah. Help the kids teach them how to pitch. And he goes, "How old are the kids?" And I go, ten. It was a long pause. He goes, "I might be a little too intense." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, you're right. You're probably <laughs> right, man. Yeah, there was one time in Seattle. There was a homeless clown." In Pioneer Square that we all walk past. <laughs> yeah. Brody befriends this dude. Of course. He brings him on stage with him at the open mic. And when I say homeless clown, I mean a dude, it looked like he'd been fired from his clown job 10 years ago and he just left the shit on. Yeah. You know, finger smudges on his face. <laughs> you know, just like the <laughs> the water in his flower burnt just dribbled out. It was fucking <laughs> so terrible, right? Brody brings him on stage. And we're at the Comedy Underground, five minutes. And Brody basically said, Larry's always, we just say his name is Larry. I don't forget his yeah. name. Larry's always wanted to do some jokes on stage. You guys, we walk past him every day. I'm going to use my five minutes to let Larry, you know, live out his dream. Larry, everybody, Larry, right? And the guy starts to <laughs> bomb. Yeah. The people in the audience thought it was part of the act. They thought maybe Brody and Larry are always together, right? So they start to heckle or boo or whatever. And Brody's like, come on, everybody, this is for Larry. And he's bombing more. So Brody comes up and just puts his arm around him, Larry, to say, hey, everybody, this is my buddy Larry. And as soon as he touches the clown's shoulder, the clown turns to him and goes, touch me again and I'll murder every fucking person in this room. <laughs> and we, we were all like, oh, my God. And there was a long pause and Brody just went, Larry, everybody, Larry. It was so crazy, uh, man. The funniest, the funniest thing I've ever seen Brody do is on Enjoy It at the very end when he gets on the Vespa and <laughs> wrecks it. Oh. Uh. Man, I saw the, the the video you did with him walking by your house. Yeah, I was. Uh, by the way, it sounds silly, uh, but I I saw Brody more than any one comic ever because I because that's he, the Starbucks. That's the Starbucks, and yeah. so literally every day he walked by my house. Every day he went to that Starbucks, he walked by my house, and so my kids knew him, my wife knew him, like I knew him. I remember one time I was telling Leanne this last night. Um, I remember one time we had gotten a, a new car. We had gotten a BMW and it was out in the front. And you know, if you walk by someone's house every day, you get, you know, what cars they yeah. have. And now we have a new car 
and I saw Brody walking, and I love Brody, but the look on his face is like motherfucker. <laughs> like you could see, like a dis- and I was sitting in my Adirondacks, my front car, <laughs> <laughs> and I saw him looking at my BMW, and I and I went and I went Brody, and he goes, "Hey, Brody Stevens." <laughs> Because you know there was a, there was a sadness about Brody where he felt which I, I don't I never really got I never got like about when when was it going to be his turn when was he going to blow up when was his yeah when was he going to pop and what's so crazy is like you know I, I lost a lot of jobs to Brody a lot like a, a lot of Brody worked a lot yeah like a great deal definitely but before I was doing Travel Channel Brody booked a lot of stuff. He also, and, I think, had two specials. One Comedy Central. Yeah. He did a couple of late night spots. And it's, like, this is what is confusing to me because he was everyone's favorite comic. We yes. all loved watching him. I don't think there's a person that could leave the room if Brody was on stage. Agreed. He didn't have any drama with anyone, no beef with anyone. Everyone loved him. Everyone, everyone literally said his name with excitement. And yet, at the end of the day, I, I, we, I he, like, what the fuck? Like... Yeah, I, that's where I'm lost. Where I'm lost too. You know, I um, for me, dude, for someone that I've, <clears throat> the hardest thing for me is that I just can't, and and I'm, I'm okay. Like every time I go to the store, it's really, I think I'm okay, and I walk into the store, and I'm like, oh fuck. And the hardest thing for me is just knowing that. Ugh, that your friend was in so much pain, man. He was in... To do it the way he did it, dude. That you didn't take a pill. To, to do it... To do it the way he did it. You have... You're torturing yourself. He, he hung himself? He hung himself, man. How did he... Ha- how do you hang... How do you hang yourself that, in, a, in that, an apartment? That's another thing. Like, this isn't something... I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pull a trigger. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take 20 pills. And this is not... I'm not... I'm not... This is... This is not me. It's not a 160-pound dude who could probably dangle off of, you know, a lamp. Yeah. This is a big guy. So he would have had to test shit. He would have had to... I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I can't... I can't... Um, I can't come to terms with it. I can't... I can't... I can't figure out why a guy who called everybody all the time who knew he had so much support he said one time i heard him say one time i i have a lot of friends but i don't have any friends like i think i think he was i you know i i can identify with that and that i have a lot of friends but sometimes you go do I, like this business is so fucked up it, yep. it, and there's you go, I have a lot of friends, but do, like, do I have any, like, how, who are my friends? Like, Ari Shavir is a perfect example of, like, a guy who I've said is my friend, uh-huh. but if it wasn't for Ari, we wouldn't be friends. Like, he's always reached out to me going, hey, I'm going skiing, you should go skiing with me. And yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Like, if it wasn't for Ari, I like, we talk on the phone, we text, but, like, I, I'm really bad at maintaining friendships. I'm just bad at it. I think I think I got burned a couple times, and I've always been wanting to keep everyone at arm's length. Something also happens when you have a family and kids; like yeah. it rearranges priorities a little bit. 
We had a fa- we had family <sighs> drama last night, and uh, I was supposed to go to the store, and I and my wife's like, I, I think we should lock it down tonight. You know, for my for my kids, the big thing is not having their dad home when they go to sleep. That yeah. kind of bothers them. So I my I just can't go to the store the way I'd like to. Um, and I've got to really plan it out with my family and be like, and I've been on the road for two straight months. So they were like, you know, it's nice to have you home and us all watch TV. And then my one daughter said, it's nice to know that when I go to sleep, you're in the house. I was like, okay. Dude, and, I identify with that a lot. Yeah, it's hard, dude. It's like, I look at some of my friends who, like Segura, I, I don't know how he does. I really don't know how he does that where he goes, I'm going to the store. But but <clears throat> your kids and my kids, I, I remember the same. Like I disappeared from doing stand-up in town a lot like you did. Like You didn't do stand-up in town for a long time, right? For a very long time, yeah. M- me too, because my deal with my wife was, she was like, you travel so much. You're going to come back in town. And then go out. And then go out. And get and, and if you're gonna get it, go out. You go out at eight to do the early spot of the improv. Then you go over to the store, and then you're gonna be out until two in the morning. You're gonna sleep in. You're not gonna see the girls in the morning. It's it's, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, unless you're Rogan, who has an insane work ethic and can literally go to the store, have two shots of whiskey, smoke a joint, not get fucked up. I know. It, I mean, and then be up tomorrow morning at six, seven a.m. and just like, what's going on? In a hot yoga class, then over <laughs> to the, over to his over to his compound where he starts lifting weights and practices his bow. Then does a podcast. Then goes picks his kids up from. I mean, like he's just next level. I I, I can't. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't like my kids that much. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've told my son that before. I'm like, listen. He's like, are you gonna? No, I don't. But I always told him, like, he was like, I'd like to play hockey. I'm like, I don't like you that much. <laughs> hockey skate time starts at 4 a.m. Yeah. Are you getting yourself there? Because <laughs> guess who's not Guess who's not driving you? Yeah. You know, it was like with the other parents. But the other parents like their kids more. They're willing to sacrifice more than I am. I've already sacrificed enough. Do you think, was, like, do you ever hear that story about Brody going to the uh, Thailand to the, the boys? Yeah floor yeah and pushing it to the limit yeah i pushed it to the limit mm-hmm. that's what i did there was and he always had that thing about his mom thinking he was gay i don't think i never thought he was gay no i think and he said a bunch of times i think i'd like to have a family and kids sometime i, I don't know if it was he was a self-aware guy man so i don't know if it was him not thinking he could take care of himself so how is he going to take care of other people um but i comedy is your only thing and it was he was was alone a lot those pictures in starbucks when i look back at him now before him when you're looking at him i was like oh that's perfectly brody great posture yeah always alone Uh uh-huh always alone and that's why you know you always saw him out because what's he gonna do i would assume for a guy like that and it the more it makes sense now the positive energy push and believe you you got it. All this positive was also him telling himself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I I I I think that alone time man was a was a fucking killer for him. Yeah. I, I, I but think about it. Who are you setting Brody up with? I mean, who who who? I'm a girl. You're gonna set me up with Brody. Pitch me. Uh, I got this great guy. <laughs> okay. He's in great shape. Great shape. Really funny. Really funny. What does like, that mean? But, <laughs> <laughs> why did you make that face <laughs> i don't know now that you say that i go 
I don't know if I could live with that. Like, <laughs> pitch me, pitch me, pitch. I, so I, I'm a, I'm a solid. I'm just a, I'm av- you know, average. I'm a solid seven. I'm not out of his crazy, out of his league. Yeah. I'm just an average person. Hit me, pitch me, Brody. Because you, this is what you did. You want? He's funny, funny, funny. Like, like I mean, he was fun. Like I, 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 okay. You know that I well, here. I'll tell you what this. What I'm into as a woman, and you pitch me. I do. At, I like athletic guys. Okay. I like sense of humor, yep. and I like a guy with a sense of adventure. Now, pitch me, Brody. Go ahead. Uh, he's a great looking guy. He's in great shape. He's a, he's a great looking guy. He's a good looking you, guy. Yeah. <laughs> tell me who. Tell me. <laughs> tell me who he looks like. Who would you? Aggressive. Who would you say that he's looked like? If I was gonna. Uh, my uncle Dave. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, cool. Brody would be Brody would be a, a hard sell because he was an intense guy. He was just intense. I walked. I, I've I've said this, and I've I've said that I don't know if this is true. Yeah. I don't know if I dreamed this or I saw it on Periscope or what. But I'm telling you this as a real memory. I walked through the parking lot where the Starbucks is. Yeah. And he was sitting in his car playing drums on the on the on the driver's yeah. wheel, which was interesting that he was in his car because he lived so close. And I said, um, "Brody, you drove here?" And he's like, "I'm driving Uber, waiting for my ride to pick up, uh, waiting to pick up my ride." And he's playing drums on his steering wheel. And I thought, who whoever got in that Uber <laughs> was in for a fucking ride. Like they had no idea what they were getting. No. Because one, I I would have to tell my Uber driver, hey, can you uh, stop drumming on the wheel and maybe grab it with your hand? He would periscope. He drove Uber for I think for a second, and he would periscope the the person. What is what's the worst when you get into a car an Uber driver? What's the one type of driver you're like, man? I hope I don't have this dude. Talky guy. You ready for this? This is gonna sound really bad. All right. A female. Is, I, and is that is that because of how she's going to drive, or is it? I I have a theory, and this is a little bit of OCD. Okay. That women ride the brakes. Hmm. That all women ride the brakes. My wife does it. Yeah. And it makes me crazy. And I have never driven with a woman in my entire life. Now I say that saying, like you know, sometimes you go every time. Uh, every time I get in the shower, the phone rings. You ever notice that? that yeah. Every time you get in the shower, the phone rings. I heard this one, someone say this one time and they were like, no, it's not that every time you get in the shower, the phone rings. It's that every time you get in the shower and the phone rings, you recognize it. And then that is the thing you recognize. And that like you go, I, every time I look at my watch, I see double numbers. You look at your watch a lot and you don't notice the double numbers. But when you notice the double numbers, you go, holy shit, man. Every time I do. And. I do that every time I look at the clock and it says 9-11. I'm like, I think every time I look at the clock, it says 9-11. You just happen to look at the clock a lot. Yeah. And, then, and then you also see 9-11. And whenever you see a 9-11, that stands yeah. out to you. So that's, I think it's that case is that whenever I drive with women and they ride the brakes, I notice it more than anything. And I go, all women drive ride the brakes. And, but with Uber drivers explicitly, I go, God damn it, man, they all ride the brakes and it gives me anxiety. Yeah. And I get out of a car going like, just get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, I don't like cologne guy. When I can smell oh, the cologne, oh, cologne guy to me is the worst. I've had cologne guy so bad where I have to I have to roll the window down because yes. I'm getting an asthma attack. Yeah, cologne guy to me is the, first of all, that much cologne, I think you're covering up a crime. Like something happened yeah. in the backseat of the car 
where you're like just pour some Dracar Noir on that and it'll go away. Like something when you're when you're when you have that much cologne, you're covering something up. There's there is uh the one thing I hate with Uber drivers is by the way, this sounds like hardcore uh first world problems. But <laughs> one of the thing I hate is you can't tell them uh directions. You can't tell them what to do. Yeah. Because they're like, I know, I know, I know. And you're like, no, I I know I'm just saying like, yeah. And then I always wonder. So if that's what mansplaining is, like when a woman goes, oh, a guy's always got the answer and they mansplain it to me. If this is what it feels like when you're in the back of an Uber and you're like, hey, man, don't take a ride on Riverside. Go straight. <laughs> and he goes, I know, I know, I know. And you're like, oh, you didn't know. Yeah. I had to tell you, <laughs> you didn't. I, yeah. Because you I didn't saw you get in the turn lane. <laughs> yeah. Like you definitely didn't know. Dude, can I tell you what happened yesterday? Yeah. We're sitting at that parking lot by the Starbucks and a guy, uh, an, I, I think he was an Uber driver because uh, he was in a suit and it was in a, in a, not an Escalade, but a Suburban, a black Suburban, threw his trash out the window on the floor. And I thought, so am I willing to get into a fight over this? Like, am I willing to get in a fist fight over me? Like, do I, this guy's never going to learn a lesson, but I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm like boiling inside. I hate that shit. I was like. The cigarette out the window too. Yeah. I said something to a guy once, cigarette out the window and he actually, it was on my street and he pulled in and he parked in front of me. I go, hey man, you flipped your cigarette out the window? He goes, well, I don't want that small in the car. I'm like, yeah, but now we all have to fucking. Yeah. Now we all, because you smoke, now I have to deal with that shit. I, like, pi- I picked up his garbage and I threw it away. What I didn't know is there was a guy standing, I was with my wife, there was a guy standing, I was with my wife and my daughter, and there was a guy standing next to us, and I just said, fucking, what the fuck, bro? I go, are you fucking kidding me? And I just grabbed his garbage, and I looked at him, and I picked it up, I showed it to him, and I put it in the garbage can. Guy didn't really give a fuck, he really didn't give a fuck, he was from somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah. He really just was like, no, that's what you do with garbage. Yeah, you throw it outside. Yeah, you throw it out windows. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, Wait, are you gonna say what do you have a problem with immigrants yeah. this is the way we live i'm sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, that's i understand this is america and you guys have rules but i don't give a fuck yeah this is america i get to live my life way i want to live it and i was like and i fucking threw it out and i was like and i walked past him and he really honestly did didn't not care give a shit. He, he wasn't he didn't take it as an affront even at all like he was like almost like hey man thanks for throwing that out for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> And you come over the living room. We could use a touch up. But his but but his buddy who was I didn't realize it was his friend. I thought it was just another man walking with us. Goes, oh bro, what the fuck, bro? Oh, he started to, to mock you. To mock, he was mocking me, but to the, the his friend. But he didn't know his friend didn't know that he was even mock. Like he just goes, what the fuck, bro? And then they said something in yeah, and that yeah. And I was like. I was like, motherfucker. And then I thought to myself, was that worth it? If I would have lost that fight, two dudes against yes, me yeah, in yeah. front of my daughter. I would have scarred her forever. That would have been a tough one. Yeah, and then I'm, but I'm like, where do you draw the line of like, okay, this is when I actually fight? Well, I think getting beat up in front of your kid is a good line. I think that's a decent, that's a decent line. I will tell you, I think there should be other rules in place. Like when you see the trash, for example, like if you see someone let their dog take a shit on the sidewalk. You should be able to pick that shit up, follow them home, and throw it at their house. Yeah. Like, I don't, I think that's the way they learn their lesson. Like, oh, yeah. So, for things like that, for the trash, you should be able to pick it up, follow him home, 
and and maybe shit on his lawn. I was think, I was thinking about getting my trash can and dumping it on his car, <laughs> which would not have ended up well. Hindsight being what it is, and clearly I would have had to pick <laughs> yeah. it up again. He's not picking it up after he beat you up. <laughs> I just wish I knew how to fight so that I could beat people up in those situations or at least feel confident. Do you now on a scale of zero to 10, how do you rank yourself as a fighter? Oh, let me ask you a better question because I asked Brendan Schaub this question once and his answer was ridiculous. What percentage of people in the world do you think you could beat up? Now, Brendan said over 99%, which is probably true. For him, it's definitely true. So this is what I was thinking. I was going to say 50. Well, 50% of the world is women. Oh, definitely 50. Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) We're dealing, and you got to deal with women, old people, and children. So I'm giving you the majority of them. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I like where this is going. I'm giving you the majority of them. When we get into dudes, that's when I think I'm going to have my biggest. Now, I'm also, I'm not a big dude, so I'm not even saying every, I could beat up every 16-year-old kid. How tall are you? Five, for five, depending on what shoes I'm wearing, five, ten and a half. I'm fine. I'm six one ish. Okay. Uh, my wife said I wouldn't mind you being two inches taller today. In the shower, we were in the shower. She goes, I wouldn't mind you being two inches taller. I was like, the fuck? What's, yeah. I'm, by the way, I'm fucking. You want to hang out with someone who's six three today? Yeah. Why just today? <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, I'm just, I'm just breaking your balls. And I was like, no. Do you and your wife shower together? We did today. I got into the pool and I got ice cold. And then I got in the shower with her and fucking hugged her and scared the <laughs> shit out of her. <laughs> I got ice cold in our pool. <laughs> I get my body gets so cold. I get in that pool for like fifteen minutes, right? Yeah. And then I get I get so cold that I can't I can't warm myself. And I've had days where like it's like noon and I'm still shaking from that pool. But my wife my wife hates it. My I scare I fucking yeah we shower together. I hate showering. I shave together. her. Uh, I shave her. Uh, her. You do? Yeah. That's a I lot did of a pressure. Great job today. That's a lot of pressure. Oh, Have no. you ever nicked it? Uh, oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh, blood and all. Yeah. What? Oh my. Wait, wait. Okay, I have so many questions. Okay, is it always in the shower? No, no, no. Never in the shower. In shaving cream? Nope. Dry? Yeah, I, I dry with a straight I razor. Gotta be dead honest. With what? You? Like you're in a western? Yeah. Like. <laughs> I'm the barber of Seville. I'm the barber of Seville. Wait, do you do like? A, is it like a straight blade? No, no, no. So actually, what's the name of that box right there? Is that what you call it? No, it man. Is that is that the name of the company? Mm-hmm. So manscape. I haven't. I was. I was like two. I don't like lying. So I. But I hate telling the truth because this is gonna suck. I was. 256 when i came off the road this is the lawnmower point 2.0 on manscaped is a great fucking personal testicle vagina razor wait wait it's wait, in wait. my house this is just the box this is uh not electric it's a razor it's electric but it's it's got it's it's clippers are not um sharp in the sense that they're not meant to cut you they're almost like safety okay a let me ask bit. you a question because sure. i've i've accidentally clipped my nuts before i have too and it, yeah. it not only does it hurt, but it seems I, like a little shockwave. I have not only clipped my nups, but I have straight up uh, fucking uh, blown out tires and scraped up my taint. Oh, dude. Do you remember the first time you nick your nuts, you think you're going to bleed out? Like, oh, you can't yeah. believe. Oh, yeah. You can't believe your nutsack. It's like your forehead. You nick it. And it bleeds forever. And you're like, mother of is God. This how, I, the first thing I thought was, is this? do I have to call my parents? Like, is this how it ends? Oh, wait, how old were you the first time you shaved your balls? Mm, see, I don't, I, don't, I don't razor my nuts. I just trim them down. 
So it's not So crazy. here's what I do. This is a great fucking line of conversation. So I take, I, at the beginning of this, when I got off tour from my last date, I think it was in Vegas, I was 256. This is my, probably the heaviest. It's the heaviest I've ever been, but I've been that a couple times. Right. And so the first week I did a cleanse, the first week back I did a cleanse and I got down to 246. And and that 246 is when I can start shaving my balls again. Why? Because I can't see them. Because it's a lot yeah. of guesswork. Yeah. Just looking over a belly going Yeah, you, like, need to, you need a friend from you kindergarten need to, to help you out. see yeah. those balls. <laughs> why? No. If you, if you shave your wife's... Why won't she shave your nuts? That, I'm, I don't trust her. I don't trust her. I trust myself shaving balls. Yeah. I've been doing it a while. And so... Why does she trust you to shave her vajayjay? Well, I've, I've fucked up a lot. But I think <laughs> trial and error, she now goes... I need a trim. That's what she said today. We got out of the shower and she was a mess. And I go, holy shit. She goes, yeah, I could use a trim. I said, I got these great lawnmower 2.0, the thing that Manscaped gave me. And I, by the way, they're not even a sponsor of the podcast. They're just these people that sent me a fucking package of this. And I was I, like, it looks like a good one. It's, it's, it's a really good, it's small, but it's, it's, I want to say it's like injury proof. Because I think the clippers are rounded at the edge, so they're not in there to cut you. Well, have you got? Have you made the mistake and got too close yet? Oh, I, dude, that's the problem with like straight up beard trimmers. Is beard trimmers are like big and they're there to like just get whiskers. Yeah, and so you can't really like those can catch skin really easily. Beard trimmers, and then I also have liners. That's what black dudes use when they shave. Yeah, and liners can get it like razor close do you sh- uh, so your nuts are smooth yeah that makes your nuts smooth that is odd, oddly enough that is the best do you stretch the skin uh no what i do is i get my nuts cold so they tighten up uh-huh and i just go around and just like tighten them up just get all the hair it's I just like go, shaving a brain you don't nick it or anything uh, i go right off the edge of the sky like i go Ooh. right almost like you're just going like right over like this like just and i do that all around and then on the sides i can go straight to skin with that thing yeah on the sides and i can re- and i in the base of the shaft and then i look at it and i try to go so that the nuts are clean the dick's clean and then i do like a little caesar cut above the dick like I just trim the yeah. line, like keep the line up, so you see the very beginning of the dick, so that you see more dick. It's <laughs> a nice little move. Wow, you Dude, did. I've done it. I've done it where I've done it. No joke. Uh, where I have trimmed. I've just experimentally. I've done a lot of things with my balls with my testicle hair. Uh, really? I've done. How much can? How okay. much can you do with nut hair? So here's. First of all, I've been. I've had a Brazilian wax. That was aggressive. What, explain exactly what the Brazilian is. Is that they, from asshole they take, to... It's everything. They clear everything off the fucking map. Which one hurts... Which part hurts the most? The asshole? Uh, the, the pubic hair. Really? The asshole doesn't hurt. It actually feels kind of good. The, the, the mound part? Yeah, the mound. Hurts the most? That More hurts than the, most. the nut in the taint? The... Yeah, the, the, when they pull that off, you're like, oh, fuck. The nuts in the taint are just... It's like... I, I, do, I remember just moving around a bunch because yeah. it was just having wax inside your asshole. Like they put it, they spackle your asshole. That fucking sent me. Th- I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, that, how's that, that that warm liquid on your. It's hot. It's hot and it's on your asshole. That's they what I'm saying. That's got to be way more. Because I just, I also found out there's a trend of people getting asshole tattoos. And I talked yeah. about- oh, I have a friend, Carmen, who's got an asshole tattoo. What? Yeah. 
And so, but that's like the most sensitive skin on your body. Yeah, I don't know why you get an asshole tattoo. Who are you showing that to? Your boyfriend, I guess. Yeah, but then the only time your boyfriend is seeing it is probably when he's having sex with it. So then you're going to like, what if you had an asshole tattoo, like, what do you put on your asshole? I was talking to Freddie about this. A target. A target. (laughs) (laughs) A clown's mouth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kilroy. (laughs) But so, so how much can you do with your nut hair? So, uh, so. It's not as much you're not here. This is what I have done in the past. Number one, I've also trimmed up my, instead of Caesaring it, yeah. at the base of my dick, I trimmed up an inch. So when it looked like there was another full inch of dick, oh. but it's just skin. <laughs> it's super deceptive. It's super deceptive. But then my wife but, called me on it. I mean, who are you it. trying to fool? My she wife, knows how wife. big your dick is. Yeah, no, no. It was... <laughs> She's like, yeah, I've seen it. She's like, wait, wait, what's going on there? And I went, nothing, nothing. Yeah. And then well, this is the best one I've ever done. This is hardcore. I was really proud of myself. So it was when I lived in New York. I was single. And I was, it was back when I was like shaving my chest and everything. And so I go to shave my pubes. And I decide what I'm going to do is I'm going to trim them down to like a five, right? So it's just like some stubble, mm-hmm. but but lo- like long enough, like maybe like this long, but you can see them. Um, you can still see hair. And then what I did is I did a sunrise from the base of my dick was the sun and just like Dennis Rodman's sun arrows coming uh. out, like rays coming out, like wavy rays. So I drew it in magic marker and then I trimmed all the hair that wasn't colored. I trimmed off. Right, then I washed the magic marker off, yeah. and I was astounded at how good it looked. It looked so have to try fucking that. real, like it looked—you could see it. So then that night we go to a party, and I am telling everyone what I've done, and they're like, "No fucking way!" And I go, "Yeah, I'm dead serious." And girls are like, "I want to see." I was like, "Well, I'm not going to just show here. I'll go in the bedroom." I showed about four or five girls, and then one of them I ended up hooking up with, and she was just like, I want to see it again. And we went into the room. She was like, can I feel it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Uh, can I feel it? Uh, yeah. yeah. That, by the way, the, that's the most successful shave story of all time. Oh, another time, I when, when I got the Brazilian wax, the night of the Brazilian wax. That's all bald. That's just no hair anywhere. That's, everything was bald. Did you like that? Uh, I actually loved, I didn't like the pubic hair gone, but I loved the baldness. I loved it. It was so clean, wiping your ass. Yeah. It was so, I remember the only, the only thing that threw me off was like, when you farted, it would, your ass would clap because there's no hair. Yeah. I don't like, know. Brap, brap. I don't know if I like that. I don't, I, the ass. I cl- loved it. I loved it. It was super clean. I have to tell you. So I never liked women with that were completely bald like no hair i i I never i don't think i mean i've said leanne was has been like that in the past but i i don't i'm not a fan i don't really care beth did it once and i was like babe i just you know i don't i don't like that yeah like you're a woman let's see let's see a little hair yeah you know what i mean i let's see but i will tell you like um changing it up every now and then is not a terrible thing. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Just to give you something a little different can, to look at. Can I tell you, there's a porn star that I used to, I used to be, not, I, I'm like, obviously I'm a married man, so I'm not like in love with her. I'm not like a guy that would ever go see her dance or anything. Yeah. But I was really fascinated by her. I followed her, I followed her on Instagram. I think it started on Snapchat when I first got on Snapchat. 
Her name is Jessie Andrews. And her pubic hair is was so... I got to find... I'll, you know, there was one uh, uh, porn actress that I used to follow named... Um, because she used to tweet out the craziest things before 8 a.m. Like and I would always just tweet back, haven't even had coffee yet. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like she would send something out like uh, successful anal gape. I'm like, it's 5 a.m. What, what, <laughs> what the God. fuck is happening over there? I wish there? I could fucking... This, this She's is got a, crazy... Uh, this is a tweet from 2011 and I can't find it. It's like, it all it says is playing with my pubic hair. And I was like, but she had like a playing legit... Playing with it? She had a legit bush. Like a legit bush. And it was so sexy. And I was like, uh, and all of a sudden I was like, wait, what? This has changed the game. Like, she, See, here's where I don't. I, I don't mind the bush up here, but when yeah. it starts to try... I don't like it down. I don't mm, like it going up under. No, no, no. I like it on top. I, I, I still have one question about the nicking your wife's vagina. Yeah. I've done it a couple times. Yeah, how does she, how does she allow you to do it again? Is my question. Oh, that's let's ask her. Oh, <laughs> hey, babe. Oh, are you still podcasting? Yeah, I'm with Josh. We're actually talking about shaving uh, pubic hair right now. Are you? Yeah, and Josh, I'm. T- I was telling Josh that I've nicked you in the past, and his question is, how did you ever let me do it again once I nicked you? It's called true love, baby. <laughs> 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 true love is based on trust yeah right yeah did you go to therapy already yeah okay uh i did i'm sorry to interrupt your podcast i'm really sorry that's um, okay i'll talk to you when you're done all right what, are you coming home all right i'm a no i'm going to target okay all right and I'll, then i'm gonna go pick it up okay all right i'll see you when you get home all right love you bye bye um true love i guess how long have you been married I don't know. Fifth, oh, I know. Uh, 14 years. And your kids are how old? 14. <laughs> <laughs> and 12. Got it, got it. <laughs> We're waiting until the oldest one does the math on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she maybe already has. She Wait, <laughs> how long have you guys been married? Wait a second. <laughs> 14 how? years. Yeah. 14 years and six months. <laughs> Wait, I'm 14. <laughs> I know. Huh. Okay, who wants more potatoes? <laughs> you, you know, the dinner conversations. Well, my favorite dinner conversation I ever had, you know, I, my kids are older now. Yeah. One of my favorite dinner conversations I ever had. My daughter in high school went through a bisexual period. Mm-hmm. And um, we're sitting at dinner, and it was me and my daughter, and my wife, and my youngest son. And she was probably 14 or 15 at the time. And she started to cry. And she said, um, I said, What's wrong, babe? She said, I think I'm dating Savannah, which is her best friend. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I go, why are you crying? And she said, I don't want you to be disappointed. I go, no, I'm not disappointed. Yeah. And then my youngest son, who was 12 <laughs> at the time, goes, I'm in an Armenian gang. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I said, what? He goes, yeah. I go, I'm, hold on. Hold on. With that. <laughs> I'm going to get back to that. What game do you think <laughs> we're playing here, guys? I told my wife. I killed a man on a ride home <laughs> one time. <laughs> I hold I killed a homeless guy with a shopping cart. What? <laughs> so I told my daughter, I'm like, I'm just happy that you're that she's happy and you guys are good to each other. That shit doesn't bother me. Yeah. And, and I said, Is she good to you? And she said, Yeah. I go, You happy? And she said, Yeah. And I said, You know, you ruined sleepovers. Like if you were sneakier. <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> you know what I mean? Like can't have sleepovers anymore. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna she's gonna have to sleep in a different room. I asked my son, I'm like, What do you mean you're in an Armenian gang? He goes, Yeah. They let me in today. 
I'm like, you're not Armenian. He goes, I know. And I said, what does that mean? Tell me what does that mean? He goes, well, we sit at a table at lunch and we make fun of the people who aren't Armenian. And I said, you're not Armenian. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but you're not Armenian. He goes, yeah, I know. I go, why are you in the gang? Yeah. He was like, because I bring people over for them to insult. I'm like, oh, oh you're like the fetcher. Oh, that's great. And he's like, yeah, but they don't insult me. He's, like, go, the, he's like their bottom bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He was like, you know, like in a, with the Italians, he's like the half Italian. It was like, can't ever actually be in, yeah. but he's in the group. God, that's funny. Yeah, man. You know, but the dinner table is when we heard some of the, for whatever reason, they felt the most comfortable saying the weirdest shit out loud. Isla said to me uh, yesterday, no, two days ago, I guess, uh, we were t- we were talking and they said... Um, I'm doing Conan on Monday, and they and we were trying to think of what story I could tell. And Ida goes, "Why don't you just tell that story of when you and Hitler robbed a train?" And I went, "What?" She goes, "Isn't that the story you tell all the time? Aren't weren't you friends with Hitler?" And I go, "No, honey, Hitler was dead." People at school. I go, "No, wait, what are you talking about?" She goes, "Didn't you rob a train?" I go, "Yeah." She goes, "I thought you did it with Hitler." I went. No, with the Russian mafia. Yeah. She went, oh, sorry. And I go, wait, wait. How many people have you told that I love Hitler and that I'm friends with Hitler? And she was like, I don't know. I, I always thought it was you and Hitler that did it. Oh, I, I got so many questions for you, man. Now, she, you're 14-year-old. Yeah. Into boys yet? Uh, Yes. But well, is a very young 14 uh-huh. and won't admit it. And, and are you, because I remember going through this. Mm-hmm. Where are you with her dating? Where are you on the realist? Because I always ask fathers, especially, where are you on being realistic about your daughter messing around with dudes? Like, where are you on that scale? It hasn't happened. I am pretty certain, only because she is still like they have a they have a thing called a a morp. It's huh? a backward morp. It's a backwards prom. prom. Yeah. So you dress like slummy, and you go to it, and the girls ask the boys. It's like it's basically Sadie Hawkins. Yeah. And so um she asked a boy that I, I don't I don't think she has a crush on, but she asked a, a boy that we all know, we've known for a really long time, and she was so defensive of like we're just friends. We're ju- we're just going as friends that I felt like going like, "Hey, if you like him, it's okay." Yeah. But she would never I don't even think she'd admit it to herself. I think she's very she is very uh I wish this wasn't the bad word, but very retarded, like meaning like held yeah. back, like emotionally stunted, stunted. Yeah. Stunted is a better word, but, um, retarded is a funnier word, but, but yeah, but yeah. It's, it really is no, what it it's is. Like right it's, yeah, yeah. it's held back. And so, um, Isla, some teacher at school told us Isla was boy crazy or our 11 year old or 12 year old. And we were like, what? And I, I think Isla, I don't know if Isla's going to, I think she'll have one of those periods where she questions her sexuality. Cause she is very like, she wears man men's deodorant. She likes men's clothing. She yeah. everything's men's. So like it, it's it's so weird when they start doing adult things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And start having it, does your fourteen year old smell yet? Has the, oh, the, they've, they've been smelling forever. The the misconception that only teenage boys smell. Oh, uh-huh. my daughter's feet. Yo, it's like sm- it's like smell she, worse than mine. My youngest daughter's feet are so bad. That they made her, they made her go out of a classroom yeah. one time. They left her shoes outside and made her wash her feet 
Like her feet are. It's it's like she gave them to a homeless person to warm up with. They're so fucking bad. Her room smells your like room. fucking feet. You walk into that room. You ever walk into the room? And you're like, hey. They. I go, what the fuck, Isla? I go, you gotta wash your feet. She would take them out. She would take her shoes off. She would wear cowboy boots to school with no socks. Oh right? no! And she would take her cowboy boots after school off. And my my here now here's what's br- brilliant about my wife. And I always say like. I was just saying this to someone the other day. I, I, where was I saying this about when you look for a partner, make sure you find someone who doesn't mind getting a table when it's a packed restaurant. Yeah. Make sure you don't mind. There's other things that a partner you need other than tits and ass. Mm-hmm. One of the things my wife is so good at is my daughter's shortcomings or eccentricities or the things that theoretically they could be very self-conscious at. My wife celebrates it. So like when Isla's feet started smelling, I was like, they're fucking disgusting. And then Leanne... Noticing that I was mocking my child and she could get insecure about this, she claims them and goes, though, those are my that's my favorite part about Isla. I love those swampers. That's a great trait for her to have. Oh, she does it with Georgia. Georgia has this like a uh, 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 mole, not a mole, but like a freckle on the center of her chest. And I think Georgia was self-conscious of it at a certain age. Georgia went, mom, what is this? And Leanne's like, that's my favorite part of you. That's Percival. And Georgia's like, what? She's like, that's Percival. I've named that since you were a baby. And now Georgia. That's amazing, it's, dude. It really is an amazing quality Leanne has that she finds the thing that you would be self-conscious of and then she finds that to love more in than you. You know what I was most, when I was growing up, when I was most self-conscious of, I, did you have brothers and sisters? Two sisters. So I had three older brothers. So they were sure to point out any little thing that was wrong with you. Yeah. So I wore a t-shirt at the pool in the summers because my brothers used to always tell me that I had meaty nipples. And they were, but I, yeah, I remember I was in the backyard once and my brother was like, man, you got meaty nipples. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I've never seen anything like that before. They're real like fleshy. <laughs> I put, I dude, I wore a shirt. Now if they had celebrated it and be like, yeah, I love those big old ass, thick ass nipples. I'd yeah. be like, yeah. <laughs> but my brothers it, love my nipples. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just like the reason I started wearing a hat all the time is because when I was probably 13 or 14, yeah, my dad would have hair. Yeah. That's so fucked up. My dad was walking through. <laughs> Your hair it's crazy. All over the fucking it's place. It's crazy right now. Isn't you it? have so much fucking hair. Yeah. I, my dad was walking through the kitchen and I was washing dishes and he, all he said was, whew, you got a big forehead. I put on a hat the next day. I think I've worn one for the rest of my fucking life. But that's, Are you, you know, serious? that was it. All it took was one. Yikes. What the fuck? And I was like, well, got to put on it. Because then my mom said, I said, mom, dad said I have a big forehead. And she was trying to do what your wife did, but she didn't do it as well. She said, that just means you're extra smart, babe. And I was like, that means I have a big forehead. You didn't didn't just, you you did not help me. Yeah, man. What, was there anything you were self-conscious of growing up in particular? Uh, no. Really? You didn't have a thing as a kid where you were like, oh my fucking God. I had bad teeth until ninth grade. I mean, I, we all had, our, my whole family has bad teeth. It's, we don't have, we're born without enamel on them. Huh? Uh, I was born without enamel on my teeth. I, yeah. Well, so what does that mean? They, they crack, they chipped a they, lot? They crumble. They just get smaller and smaller and smaller and they just wear down. They, there's no sturdiness to them. George and Isla had it. I had it. My sisters had it. And, uh. But at a certain age, they just got in front of it and gave me and crowned my teeth. Mm-hmm. 
I guess I was always a con- self-conscious. Uh, I guess I was self-conscious of my teeth, but I don't really remember it. All I know is I was telling Georgia this. I was saying I didn't. I had a hard time smiling and laughing before ninth grade. I noticed that I would cover my mouth up, but I didn't have a if I smiled or laughed. But I didn't. I wasn't self-conscious of it. I had girlfriends and stuff, and I was cool. You know, like I wasn't like an ugly person. But I think that was probably the biggest thing I've ever been self-conscious of is um, is my teeth. But you you put it all out there now, man. As a person, you even oh, said hardcore. it. You even said it earlier. I don't. I hate lying about. Which means you you share. I hate everything. But, but do you share everything almost to get out in front of? So you can't. You. It's impossible for someone to insult somebody who's out in front of everything already. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's but no. But it's even if you put stuff out there, you're self conscious of it. Like. My my problem with um with oversharing or telling the truth in moments where I maybe I shouldn't is like when I when I started doing stand up I had one joke about getting in a fight about it was it was two stories mixed up it was about a fight I'd seen with this one kid who beat the who wasn't supposed to win the fight he was like the nerd or uh-huh. the kid they were making fun of he beat the living fuck out of that kid and then another story about me getting in a fight with this black guy and I missed mashed him up. I mashed him up to make it a better story. And I remember getting confused on which one was which at times. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. So I started just going like, and Andy, this is going to be sound silly, but I remember hearing Andy Dick on Stern and Andy Dick was sharing was just so fucking honest. It was Mm -hmm. compelling to me. Yes. And I was like, I was drawn into it. Like this guy is, doesn't have a secret. I remember being so fascinated by that form of entertainment that I think I leaned into it with stand up and I was like, here we go. If I do stand up, I share everything a hundred percent. And and I remember like How long ago was this? This was a very long time. This was very early in my career. But I remember I'd say stuff that I didn't know was funny. I remember telling Jay Moore that I, I spit on the toilet paper when I wiped my ass. And he was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Yeah. And he couldn't stop laughing. And I went, it's not funny to me. It's just what I do. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, that goes in that goes in the act. Anything that seemed revealing, like Leanne farting during oral sex, if it seemed like something that I... How does your family handle that? Your kids well, too? Not well. I mean, I, who's, who's worse about it? The kids or, or Leanne? I don't know. It's my daughter. Let's ask her. <laughs> hey, what's up, baby? I'm doing a podcast. What do you need? I was just going to ask you how last night went. Oh, it went good. Why don't I? I'll tell you what. Why don't I call you when I get done? Do you have do you have softball today? Yeah. It's raining. What are you gonna do? We're in the gym. Okay. All right. What uh, do you need to be picked up from school? Right now? No, no. After softball. Oh yeah. Okay, I'll come get you. Okay. All right. I love you. It ends at five. At- okay. I'll see you then. Um, all right. Can you edit out my daughter's school? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, the kids don't like the jokes about them. They, they don't they? mind. Like so, I talked. I talked about George and Anna getting their period yeah. on uh, Conan, and at first they were like, "Oh!" And then Isla started getting a bunch of uh, emails from little girls that got their period and decided to throw themselves a period party because they had heard me talk about it on Conan. Awesome. And then they were like, "Oh, that's cool." And now they're a little bit more open to share. Like they're they're cool with me sharing stuff. But the problem is I shit on them a little bit. But they get it. They get that I love them, and they get 
that like it's a joke and I'm I'm showing parts of them where they were being stupid. I'm not sure. That's the other thing they were like, so wait, do you only show the parts where we're idiots? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's the funny fun part. of it. Yeah. I'm not going to, I go, I, I don't like comics who like, my kids are fucking awesome. They're badasses. I'm like, don't, I, some, some of us don't have that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Some of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not our experience raising kids. That's yeah. Not, yeah. And so I'm like, and so I, and so they're cool with it. Like Georgia, uh, there was a, like when we were driving and I was talking about bits I could do, George yeah. was like, oh, why don't you talk about the categories? And I was like, because George was just an idiot when we were playing categories and she misunderstood the question. And I thought, I thought, okay, so they're cool with it. They're cool with it now. They're cool with it right now. I don't know. I don't, I don't, the material I'm working on now too is not super revealing. It's just like, it's showing that they're fucking weird. Yeah. But I, I don't. I never ran it by them. I never have run it by them. You know the way I did it with my kids. I two things. One, so I never say a story happened when he was fourteen. Yeah, Jacob. I would wait two or three years mm -hmm. because I always felt like, and he did too. If I told it when it happened, it felt like I was making fun of him. Yeah. If I waited a couple of years, it felt like we could look back and laugh together because he felt like he was older and not that. But the other thing that I do, which I think is a little different than you. So I take, it's, it's interesting, man, that we have similar styles in approaching. Yeah. So, but I'll take a story and I'll tell it exactly how it happened the first five to 10 times I'm on stage with it. Right. Because I want to know what part of the actual story and the truth work the best yeah i pull all of that what helps my son is to e either add a little bit of my older son into the story or just spruce it up here or there because then he can look at it and be like well that's not a hundred percent true and that's easier for him yeah that I, makes it you know what i mean i told a story i told a story one time i was working on a story on stage and i and we were telling it. We were in London, and we were. I was. I, I was doing a show in London, and I. My family was over there with our friends, and our friends had come seen us, me, see me perform. And then we came home. We were all having breakfast out in wherever Shakespeare grew up in Essex or whatever. We're having breakfast out in Essex. I think that's where it was. It was wherever Shakespeare fucking lived. Yeah. And. Do I look like a dude who knows where Shakespeare lived? No, that's all. All I remember about oh, that yeah. town is it's where Shakespeare grew yeah. up. And so, so we're having breakfast out there, and they're talking about this bit and I had switched Georgia to Isla. So I gave Georgia, I'd switched the two of them for whatever reason. I, I wish I could remember the bit. I don't, I don't think it was a bit that ever made it in a, in a special. And, um, they were laughing about it and Georgia goes, but that's not what happened. And I go, I know, but it's, it was easier just to give Isla the, the, have it, Isla do it. She goes, yeah, but that's a lie. And I go, it's not a lie, baby. It's, I'm, it's comedy. Like I'm yeah. just, it's, I'm just, it's just an, it's an act. I'm creating a story to make people laugh. And my whole goal is making people laugh. Like if I change the name of someone here or there, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. I go, I'm not making up the story. The story happened. She goes, yeah, but she goes, but you're lying. Like you're lying to people. And she started giggling. And she goes, so you're a liar. Is that what you do? You're a liar. Oh no. And my wife on a drop of a dime said, Hey, don't ever call your father a fucking liar. She goes, the, the lies you think he's telling paid for this trip. So so I yeah. don't ever want to hear you ever call your father a liar. He's a stand-up comedian. Comedy is about writing jokes and making people laugh. And she goes, it is not Georgia. 
He's not up there supposed to tell the fucking truth yeah. and just make it boring as shit. If he decides to change your name in the story to Isla or Isla's name to yours, you don't, I don't ever, and everyone at the table was like, oh, that woman just stood up for fucking everything that pays the rent. Yo, every dude who's listening to this is like, I want to marry Bert's wife. Dude, <laughs> I remember, I remember having a conversation with Georgia that night. We were, we were, uh, she had fallen and fallen on a rock and it was, it was a long story, story, but we ended up together on a, at a park uh, at night. All the the whole both families were there. They were walking the dog, and I was talking to Georgia. And she said, "I'm sorry about calling you a liar." I said, "Listen, it's fine." I go, "I go, baby. What I do is a lot of times you'll take what is the truth and hide part of the truth to to accentuate the tension. Yeah. Or or you'll over emphasize a small truth and make it a bigger truth so that it heightens the moment." Or you can rearrange, you helped me with a story once, man. I remember this story. That was a great story. But just moving something to the end of, that happened. Yeah. But moving it to the end of the story changed the entire story. Yeah. For the better. For, yeah. For the better. So it's not exactly how it happened, but it's how it happened. Do you know what I mean? I but know, but yeah. you, our job isn't to go up and, and put our hand on a Bible and swear. Our job is to entertain the people who are sitting in front of us. It gets tricky because there are parts, there are people have bought into being a fan of mine, mostly based on the fact that they know the machine story is true. Right. And so like there's a, there's a, and that, and that I actually did fight a bear and I actually did jump out of a plane with Rachel Ray. And I actually did do flying dildos. And like all, that, 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 because they're true, I think people think it's it's easier to get into being a fan of mine where they go, God damn it, who the fuck is this guy? Right. But there's that's not to say that like, um, that like, I'm trying to think of, a, oh, like a perfect example. I, the f- story of me fighting a bear. I have the video of that. I found the video of me fighting the bear. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as me telling the story. No. Like it's like when I watched it, I went, Okay, I, I mean, I remember being there and it, yeah. it, it being bigger in my mind. Yeah, but I watched it and I was like, that doesn't. That's definitely not as scary as as I'm saying it. And I was like, okay, I'm never gonna post this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm never posting this. But my job is not. My job is not no. to like talk about bear safety. It's no. to tell you about the one time I fought. I fought, I fought a fucking bear. Fucking. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny that it's funny when you tell stories. Yeah. And, and so people, I, I have that story about, uh, that's out right now about a, a, a bachelor party that I threw for my buddy. Yeah. Right. And people's first question is, is it real? Now it is real. But my question to them is always, does it matter? Does it matter so, to you so, if it's real? So that story I told you about the two fights yeah. where I mashed it up. Uh, I know, I know it's not Gary Mann that I, my, in my recollection, it was Gary Mann that came up to me, but it's not. It's not. But a guy came up to me who worked for Aspen at the time. Mm-hmm. This was 1997, 98, 99, maybe eight, 98. It, by the way, if Gary Mann, if you worked at, at Aspen for then, it was you. Gave me his card, and he goes, dude, that was fucking amazing. I was like, oh, thanks. He goes, is that true? And I was so excited in the industry to talk to someone and say that it wasn't true mm-hmm. that I was like, no, I actually... I actually made some of it up and, and then and had the look in his face was like, huh? And I was like, well, yeah, that means a couple different stories and, yeah. and the part that the ending, I just made that up and I was like, I thought he'd be excited that I was a brilliant writer and he was like, oh. And he kind of just walked away and didn't say anything. It's so and crazy. I went, and I was like, 
okay. And so I think, and I, I think there are, I know there's some comedians that just, that their whole thing is to make things up now. It's like, there's no, it's not based in truth at all. Right. And then, and it's been a popular uh, part of the genre. It's like, look at, I mean, not not to shit on them, but look at Bobcat. It's like, Bobcat didn't really talk like that. So that, that but character. Guys like, but guys like, you know, Gary Valentine. Yeah. So I love Gary. Yeah. He's, but but he, his thing is he says ridiculous things on stage with a hundred percent confidence. Yeah, that's his whole thing. You've you've seen that joke about him shirtless shooting a bow and arrow off of a horse. Yeah, that story clearly there, never and, happened. Yeah, and and so, but I think I think with podcasting, the dialogue between the fans and the artists has been so cut into a vein of honesty. Yeah, that that I think sometimes. I, but what like, you do here as a podcaster. And you as a performer are two different things. It's two different genres. Do you it know it is and it is, but it's it's almost like uh baking versus uh baking versus having a sandwich shop. Like if 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 I bake bread, but I also have a how I make my living is a sandwich shop. Right. Well, if you come to my sandwich shop and I'm not serving the bread that you know that I bake, that I talk about baking on my podcast, like that I bake yeah. at my bakery and you've seen me bake, then you're going to go, well, wait, what are you doing? Yeah, but what if the other bread you serve is better? But yeah, but I, but I think that. What if, what if, what if the bread you bake on the podcast, you know, is great to talk about or the bakery it's yeah. great, is great, but it doesn't taste as good with the sandwiches because the bread with the sandwiches well, there's part needs of it, a little sauce on. It. There's part of it where part of it is part of it is that, but when they come to my, I think when people come to my live shows, they they've said things to me where they go talk about like yeah. things have happened on the podcast, like where the girls have come in and or we've shared a story about Isla on the podcast or Georgia or Leanne, and people are like. Tell about the story. Talk about the dog. Talk about this. And you're like, and that's them wanting wanting a sandwich. Yeah. They they want a full sandwich. But they're telling you they just want the bread, but they want the sandwich. Yeah, they too. want the whole sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they want the whole sandwich. They're like, they're like, I want your bread in a sandwich form. Yeah. Give me, make sure it's done properly. But tell me it's bread, but put some meat in there too. I on my solo podcast, I've done more of it where I like I got into there's a bit that I've wanted to do that I haven't about me. Um, running safety valet at my daughter's schools, mm -hmm. and I, f dude, I fucked that situation up. By the way, now that I say that, I bet that fits perfectly in my bit about taking care of my daughters. What did you do? Hmm. Wait, so you had to get there early before everybody else? I'd get there like what? What time of day is that? Seven in the morning. Oof. Seven in the morning. I gotta get there. I bring my kids. I've, I'm actually watching other kids too. I bring them all, and safety valet at our school. Uh was basically what you do is you, there's a, four different safety valets on each block of the school because it's a public school. It's four blocks. The one I was running was inside a parking lot and it was a teacher's parking lot. And so the rule was there's no double parking. There's no flying around people. There's no trying to, because it's a parking lot, mm -hmm. you can't fly around someone. And the parking lot's off a busy street. Got to keep the handicapped spots open, no double parking. And that was the rules. And so very simple. And, but they were, they were the rules. Mm -hmm. And uh, the weird thing about me is I'm a hardcore rule follower, but I don't believe the rules apply to me often in certain situations. So you want other people to adhere to the rules. You know, here it's it's the same thing about that fucking littering. 
Like I am a hardcore rule follower. Right. If I see someone littering, it fucking sends me out. I would never litter, but that's just me. I would never litter. Right. But I, but, but, and I only say the rules don't apply to me in like, in like, in certain situations, I just go, I not, and not fundamental societal rules, but in certain scenarios, I will want to walk around the rules and mm-hmm. go, I, I don't want to deal with any of this. I'm going to do, Leanne just points that out. So I, that's, I just say that to be culpable. But so I show up at seven o'clock, I get all the kids and I, like an, like an idiot, I was, I dressed like an enforcer. I was in a full Adidas tracksuit <laughs> with, with a fucking hat and glasses because I was like, I was like, I am, cause this is problematic in this parking lot. People always double park and park in a handicapped spot. Shades too. Uh-huh. Definitely. There's a picture of me on, I'm sure that's on my Instagram of how I dressed that day. I am certain of it. And so, uh, people start coming into park and it's great. So everything's going great. Uh, open the door. You see the kid. I don't, I'm a little aggressive. I'd be like, Hey, make sure you tell your mom you love her. And you're like, I love you. And then my parents would laugh. The right. kid would laugh. But it's, everything's going great. I got all the kids. And anytime someone tries to fly around, I'd go, whoa, 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 whoa. Nope. Get- when you say fly around, you mean pull around a car. And there's, they're lined up and right. someone would be like, fuck it. I, I can't wait in this line. Right. And they'd fly around. You can't do that because kids are walking through yeah. the parking lot. People are like flying into the parking lot. I'm lighting them up. I'm like, you can't do that. Not allowed to do that. Everything's going fine. No one's barely anyone's breaking the rules. And all of a sudden someone flies in. And parks in the handicapped spot, a woman, a attractive woman. And I go, I'm sorry, you can't park there. And she goes, no, it's okay, I'm a teacher. I said, it doesn't matter that you're a teacher, you can't park there. She goes, it's fine, it's okay. I go, no, actually it's not. And I stop, I shut it down. I go, actually it's not. Uh, you're not handicapped, you're not allowed to park in a handicapped spot. Please get in your car and move it. And she goes, whoa, 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 what's with the attitude? I go, there is no attitude. You're breaking the rules and I'm telling you can't break the rules. And she goes, I will go into Miss Garcia and tell her that you're talking to me this way. I go, please do. My name's Bert Kreischer. Tell her I talked to you this way because you parked in a handicapped spot. Now, I'd also taught the kids in the background to go, you're, you're setting a bad example. You're setting a bad example. <laughs> so she goes into the into the, into the the principal's office. And at the same time, another woman just comes in and double parks. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now I am fucking on it. You're hot, too. I am hot. I'm like, move your car. And she was like, Whoa, not a great way to start your day. And I went, no, no, no. This is a perfect way to start my day. By enforcing the rules. Get in your car and move it. You're not allowed to double park. And then a mom, who's horseback riding mom, goes, you're endangering the lives of our children by double parking. Please move your car. And she goes, hey, I'm a teacher. I go, I don't give a fuck what you are. Get your car and move it. She goes, goes, I will talk to Miss Garcia about this. I go, you go into Miss Garcia and tell her Bird Kreischer sent you. And now the kids are like, you're setting a bad example. You're setting a bad example. So the... Miss Garcia comes out now. Now, by the way, this is a school's about to start. I have a car double parked and a car in the handicap spot. Miss Garcia comes out. I think that was her name, and uh, Miss Sanchez maybe. And so she comes out and she is like shell shocked. And she's like, "Okay, uh, I have two teachers crying in my office Were they right crying? now." And I go, "Yeah." I go, "Well, is it the people who parked right there and right there?" She goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." We listen. We've got to find a middle ground. Now the teachers are coming up. They're still crying. Yeah. And I go, I go, they're crying because they're wrong. They're crying because they're wrong and their words aren't working because they know they've broken the rules. And they come up and they're like, you can't talk to us like that. I go, I actually can. I go, this is my job. And I, go, I look at Miss Garcia. I go, you tell me what the rules were. You, if, if the rules are not that, then I messed up. Right. But you told me no one parks in handicapped spots and no one parks double parks. 
And I said, and I followed the, those rules. Now, if those aren't the rules, then I am wrong. But if those are the rules, they're wrong, and they both owe me a, an apology. And she was like, and the one girl was like, I'm not apologizing to you. And I go, okay, how about this? Get in your car and move it. And I said, listen, ladies, I cannot care a lot quicker than I can make you care. So if you want, I'll never help this school again. And I'll come up at the PACE conference and I'll tell all the parents they shouldn't help because there's no leadership and there's no rules. Oh, shit. The fucking shit is falling apart. Now they're both like looking Wait, at Miss Garcia. To who's like, in the parking lot at this point it, in time? It's just three of us. It's the it's four of us. Kids are already in school. Okay, everyone's in school. Bells rang. By the way, these two teachers aren't even in their class yet, right? They're, they, shit's fucking falling apart. So I say, I say to them, we have a, I said, I've been at this school for four years. There's a handicapped father. I watched him walk from down the block on his crutches because you were parked in a handicapped spot. Is that true? Or not? It's 100% true. Yeah. He did walk from down around the corner, but I don't know. He, he, he didn't pull in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He didn't look for it. <laughs> he didn't try, but he, yeah. He didn't try. <laughs> and I said, we have a handicapped parent who may need that spot. And you parked there. I go, I've never once thought I'm better than a handicapped person, that I, they should, oh, they should park around the block. And I said, I said, you know what? I'll tell you what. Congratulations. I will make sure that every parent knows not to help because there's no leadership at the school. And now they're like, okay. And then the te once teacher starts crying again, she goes, I'm not a bad person. I go, listen, I'm not calling you a bad person. I'm telling you you broke the rules. And when I told you you broke the rules, you then came at me like I was the one who broke the rules. I go, yeah. I didn't break the rules. I was simply trying to uphold the rules. And Miss Garcia's like, ladies, I need you both to move your cars and you can never park there again. And they both get in their cars. They go find spots on the street. They're late as shit. I tell Miss Garcia, I'm, I'm never going to help the school again. I didn't like the way this was handled. And I get in the car, I call Leanne, and I go, you are going to be so fucking proud of me. She's in London. And she goes, really? I go, yep. Did safety valet today. And she goes, really? I said, I made two teachers cry. And oh, she no. went, Bert. And I go, oh, fuck them. She goes, who were they? I go, I don't know. This one lady with straight black hair, uh, kind of really pretty. And she goes, oh, my God, that's George's teacher. Oh, no. <laughs> And I go, are you serious? And she goes, yeah. And I said, and this is a Russian lady. And she goes, oh my God, that's Isla's aide. I go, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> she was like, you made Isla's aide cry and you made George's teacher cry. And I was like, oh fuck. I fucked up so bad. So bad. It was, I mean. Did you, did, did, I mean. I, I had to go in. Have you been into parent teacher conference? I went into this woman. Actually, the, the woman. Oh, dude. But wait, wait. So when you went in, because you had to go in a little bit hat in hand, right? Just kind of like. I first of all, I would pick up Georgia from class, and I and I knew the teacher. She yeah. apologized. They both apologized to me, and so I just kept it. I didn't realize it was Georgia's teacher, and so the first day I went, I had to go pick up Georgia up at class, and I was sitting there, and she came out, and she goes, "I just, I'm sorry about the way thing. I just, I'm really bothered that you think I'm a bad person." And at that point, I was like, "Listen, you're not a bad person. I might have taken it a little too far." I go, I was hopped up on coffee. It's seven in the morning. I go, you know those parking lots. Everyone's breaking the rules, and yeah. I might have just dumped it all on you. I didn't apologize to Isla's aide at all. What happened is, Isla came to school with a machine shirt on, and Isla's aide was Russian, and she said to Isla, "What's what's the machine? What who's the machine?" And Isla goes, "Oh, my dad's the machine." She goes, "What?" She goes, "That's a picture of my dad," and the lady was like, "Huh?" And she was like, "He robbed a train with Hitler." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she told her. I don't know. I don't know what she told her, but she she told him she told her it's a video that he's famous yeah. for. You should watch it. So the woman watched the video of the machine, and like two weeks later, she came up to me, 
And she was like, uh, said something in Russian to me. And I went, yeah, I replied to her in Russian. And she said, wait, you, you really speak Russian? And I was like, a little bit. I don't, uh, you know, and she was like, she was like, I, I'm sorry about the double parking thing. But so she goes, you, re you really robbed a train, didn't you? And I said, yeah. She goes, I, I watched that story. It's real. I said, yeah. And she was like, I lived in Russia. I go, yeah, I know. I clearly, yeah, yeah. she was like, oh my God, that's a great, that's an amazing story. I showed it to all my friends and I was like, oh, thanks. You know, you, I, I, um, texted you after my story started to go. Yeah. I, I'm, I haven't asked you like when you, when, when the machine really hit, did that change the trajectory for everything for you? Oh, hundred percent. Overnight. Right? Oh, uh, overnight. And how do you treat it? Because I'm honestly, every time I do my shows now, I'm I'm humbled by the fact that people love that story so much Dude, that they ask for it. Do you still have to tell it at shows? I still tell the shows. And I'm and by the way, I, I like I'll joke I'll always be like, I'll tell that until the day I die. I don't mind. I'm very happy telling it. Me too. The fact that anyone wants to come see me stand up. See, the, here's the problem is that like, you know, when you get su success at a young age, you think it's deserved. Yeah. When you get it at an older age, you realize it's earned and that that when you earn something, you go like, you go like, you, f you feel grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember my uncle, uh, my uncle's a very wealthy man and when I graduated college, I wanted him to just give me a job and he said, no, you need to be doing stand-up and I, he said, you said that's your dream. Follow your dream. Trust me, if you give up on your dream, you'll always regret it. And I remember being like, why can't he just give me, I want money. I didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, in my head, I was, my, it was so clear. I was like, why can't he just give me a job where I can make money so I can have money? I want money. And then the first time I made a chunk of money, I called my uncle and I was like, hey, thank you for not making it easy on me. Yeah. Like, thank you for telling me that the hard path, the earned path is a much more, you're, you feel grateful for it. I'll tell you, our path is a little different. I, 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 you know, Chelsea was an amazing time. Yeah. And it was really, um, to be involved with something like that. I would love to, I would love to see a documentary about. It was crazy. Because it was so fascinating. I remember watching that Chelsea, that Chelsea basically skyrocket ship. Yeah. Just all of you guys just take off. But it was interesting took off right and then when the show ended you started to realize oh they were her fans so it i it was a big e uh, flow and then ebb and to have it start to come back i appreciate it so much more Dude, right do you know what i mean like i appreciate 100%. it so much more and i tell crowds and i truly believe this every show that i do when i look at at those people think about if you wrote a list of people you would leave the house to buy a ticket to go see, is oh. it a huge list? No, it's pretty small. And then think, every time I'm on stage, I think, I can't believe I'm on somebody's list. That yeah. blows me away. Every When you oh, when you go to a theater, dude, that you're, say, how many people in the theater? Uh, 1,800. Dude, 1,800 people left the house to see does that oh, blow oh, you away oh yeah that oh yeah blows, must blow you away i am shocked can i tell you what what, what the, uh, dawned on me the other day i did uh i did uh atlanta i think it's 18 is uh is the what's the, the tabernacle yeah i did two shows at the tabernacle two years ago 
I want to say Segura did the tabernacle. He did two shows. And I said, I can't believe 3,600 people know who you are. Like just like I go even just not forget that it's Atlanta. I go, I go, you're my friend. I know who you are, but I can't believe that 36 people, 100 people in Atlanta, a place where like all my friends live from college live in Atlanta. Yeah. That my friend, I can't believe my friends know who you are. So I, was, I did the tabernacle and, and I had some college friends there, some guys I went my fraternity and they were like, do you know how fucking weird that is? They go, I can't believe that 3,600 yeah. people know who yeah. you are. They're like, we're in line and there's people who know you, but they didn't grow up with you. That's fucking insane. It, Dude, yeah. it blows my mind. And I, and I think, I think when you're our age and success starts, um, you see success happening in whatever small amounts that we have. And we're, I don't think, I'm just to be fair, I, I think both of us are well aware we're not David Spade or Adam Sandler no. or Rogan or any of these big, big, big fucking huge acts. Ray Romano, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock. Yeah. We're not Dave Chappelle. We're, no. we're just guys making a legit living. Like making a living, yep. being able to take care of our family, buy a house, have cars, and relax and go, all right, we're not broke. But, not in a point where like we're gonna take five years off. No, no, no. Well, I'll like, be working every single day for the rest of my life. Yeah, me yeah, too. Me 100%, too. Me 100%, too. 100%. Yeah. But but I think that in what happens to us is we're like, oh, this is what we've always wanted. Yeah. And by the way, like I don't look at it as work. So like I definitely don't have a problem doing it every night. Yeah. I will. Be, I will do it. I will go out and tour the hardest you've ever seen a comic tour, only because I absolutely fucking love it. Yeah. And I'm fucking. So grateful. I remember, you know, I, I think I, I without saying names, it makes it hard, but there's like comics that like, I think take, they, they take it for granted. Like, yeah, I think the younger ones, when, when you're younger and it happens for you and I, I can say that, you know, you say with Chelsea, you were like, oh, this is happening. You're younger. For me, it was, uh, the entertainment business. Like I yeah. was, I was I was getting TV shows and I was on TV shows. I had a TV show at a deal. I was fr friends with Will Smith and then like, and all of a sudden everything went away and I went, oh, I'm not the golden child. Yeah. Wait, what the fuck does that mean? I think when you see people that- When, when that dip happened. Oh, it's happened a lot of times. Yeah, in, in our bib, by the way, <laughs> by the way, in our business, if you don't have ebb and flow, you're lucky as shit. Dude. How many times have you thought, well, this is it? That's it. <laughs> I can't tell you. I can't fucking tell you. So many. And by the way, times. it'll happen again, and I'll feel like it yeah, again, yeah. and I'll go, "This will never yeah. go fucking rebound." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember being. I remember being in uh, in a park in Pan Pacific Park. Uh, no work coming in, running out of money, calling my manager. Uh, and he going, hey man, I need to get some work. I need to get some work on the road. And he goes, hey man, I didn't get into this to book the Chuckle Hut. And he oh, was like, shit. he was like, I, I'm, not, I, I'm. If you want to be an actor, then we work together. But if we're not going to be an actor, then if you want to be a stand up, he goes, there's no future in stand up. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I didn't get into this being an actor. I have no interest in being an actor. Yeah. I now I still to this day don't have an interest in being mm -hmm. an actor. I don't have an interest in doing fucking voiceovers. Like who the fuck yeah. wants to do voice? <laughs> like I never understood that in my brain. I'm like, it's a great gig. Yeah, no, it's a great gig, either. but I I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like reading the same fucking line nine different ways. And so <clears throat> I like coming up with a joke and then figuring it out and bringing it on stage. Yep, that's my whole thing. I. 
I have. I remember being so lost in that part, going, literally thinking, okay, I had a good run. I was on a TV show for about a year as a host. I had, a develop, I had two development deals. I shot You've a pilot. A bunch of shows. I posted a lot of shows. Uh, I had, shot a pilot, and then I thought, I literally thought, that'll be a good enough story to tell people to get a job at a car, mm-hmm. like like to move back to Florida and sell boats. And then they'll be like, you know, Bert was on TV. I was like, ah, yeah, he wanted. I could, <laughs> and I could spin that into yeah. being a little extra of a salesman. I remember thinking that going, and then I was like, hold on, because I really didn't. I mean, in all honesty, I didn't have any talent. Like I wasn't like talented. I just was lucky. I, I mean, I, I'm not not to discount people that you see blow up and they're very young, yeah. and, and then, but like I didn't have any. I was an okay comic, but I wasn't like a talented host, and I wasn't a talented actor. I was just a guy who got two or three opportunities and then those went away and then no one wanted to give me any more opportunities and I realized, oh, that might be it for me. Dude, not too long ago. Before, right before that story hit. Yeah. I was telling my wife, I'm, I'm, and this is a year and a half ago, dude, two years. Yeah. I said to my wife, I'm like, I'm, I think I'm going to have to stop stand- touring. And she said, why? And I said, just the tickets haven't come back after Chelsea. And one of the reasons, by the way, they didn't come back, and I didn't know this when I was in it, um, there was a huge section of the population that did not respect or consider the people to, who were on that show to be comics. Well, I think, in, in all fairness, there was a group of comics on that show that were really fucking good. Yourself, Joe Coy, uh, John Caparulo. I've never seen John Caparulo do stand-up, He's, but, and no one's ever shit on his stand-up. Dude, his his stand up is top notch. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never I've never seen him live do stand up. I've seen bits and pieces online across the board. Everyone as all they've ever said is that guy's an amazingly talented. Amazing. Stand-up. I love Kirkman's stand up. Yeah, I do love. Oh yeah, Jen Kirkman. Yeah. But I think what was happening was like the Rosses. There was that guy. Was Ross? Yeah, not a stand up. Not a stand up. And I think, but, but I think people confuse the idea that that guy, well, he was so good on the show. Yeah. And I think they just thought across the board, well, there's not, and there would be people that weren't stand-ups on the show, so it wasn't like a full stand-up panel. Yep. And I think that is where it got twisted. Dude, it's the same thing happened for me for Travel Channel. I really think there were a lot of people that heard me on Travel, or heard me on Rogan, knowing I was on Travel Channel and just thought I was a friend of him through Travel Channel or something. Because he'd have Les Stroud on. Yeah. And I think when they saw me do stand-up, they're like, I didn't know you did stand-up. I think a lot of them... Didn't know that I did stand up. It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I guess I think that probably. I think I heard Rogan talking about that. I talked too. to him. I talked to him because he the said other. something about people would call him the Fear Factor guy. Yeah. and not know that he did stand up. Dude, that happened for him. I mean, I, I never like putting words in Rogan's mouth or speaking for him. Yeah, but I do know. I thought I heard him say something about that one. Time. I was, I was taught. There was a period of time, and I've heard him talk about this. Where he would go out and people ca- thought he was the Fear Factor guy. Yes, yeah. And there is—it's a weird branding. It's the same thing we go with Brody about changing his name. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's a weird branding where people go, "Oh, I recognize you from the roller coasters." They'd come to my stand-up shows and they go, "Talk about Top Thrill Dragster," and I go, "Oh, I don't really talk about roller coasters on stage." And then they'd just be like, "Then what do you talk about?" Yeah. Well, I hosted a shark show. Yeah. And after one of the one of my stand-up shows in Orlando, some guy was like, "You didn't mention sharks." I'm like, "What?" He was like, you, know, you did like an hour, but no shark talk. I'm like, yeah, it's not. I mean, there's not a lot. I don't have a lot of shark jokes. That dude. Chelsea, what was that? What was that like? Because you, you were, you, you were 
you were friends with Chelsea. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, the, I'm bummed that she doesn't do stand-up anymore. Yes. She made me laugh. Yes. So fucking hard. I would agree with that. I, I, you know, she when she was doing stand-up, she was also so far ahead of her time. I remember we were at the improv once, and she got off stage after a good set, and this was years ago before the show. This was before anyone knew who she was. And she just said, she was so self-aware. She said, uh, these tits are going to be a problem. I said, what do you mean? She goes, I just, I can see people in the audience. If you're a woman sitting next to a man who's looking at my tits, now neither one of you are paying attention to my comedy. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I told a girl the other day on, um, on Kill Tony, I was like, why don't you start with the fact that you're not wearing a bra? Like tell everyone, hey, I'm not wearing a bra. Cause I, you that's just got you got to mention it. That's all, that's all I fucking looked at. And by the way, her back was to me, but that's all I fucking looked at. You know what it's she so, said? It's so hard being a fucking female yeah. and doing stand up, especially if you're. I mean, and I look. I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't want to speak for women, and I apologize if you're a woman. And you're like, we don't even know, Bert. You're just, you're just, but but, but I, it's, it, things are so complicated these days, yeah. especially with women in comedy. It's gotten so fucking, in, especially in the New York scene, but not so much here. But like. When you're a hot woman, that's a little bit of an uphill battle. I would say Dude, it's easier to be an ugly woman and do stand up. Without a doubt. You know what she did? She just got out. She got. You know what she did before almost anyone else? She got out in front of it. So she would. It's exactly what you said. Mention it before they can start thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. And she would just get out in front of you. So you couldn't go down that path. She already did it for you. Yeah. And she would take the worry out of it. She would be make herself less threatening. Because when you have, when you're good looking with nice, she's I've, I think she is so sexy. And the problem with problem with me following her on Instagram is her dog's name's Bert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were on vacation once. This is one of the reasons why I really do look. You know, people have their own personal opinions. I love her because she's an all in person. Yeah, and I like that kind of person. Yeah. and I also like 100 percent honesty. Yeah. one of the reasons I got up. I'm probably 168 pounds now. I got up to 195. The reason I dropped weight is I was walking upstairs once at work, and just from behind me, all I heard was, oh, your ass is so fucking gross. And I turned around, and it was her. She goes, you look fucking terrible. What's going on with you? Get your shit together. And really? I was like, you know what? You're right. I should probably get my shit She's together. She's a brutal motherfucker. She will. She doesn't throw jabs. Yeah. She throws in. She throws punches. I'm very cool with never meeting her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very cool with never interacting she with her. We were on vacation once, and um, she came out of the room. We were on a boat. That she yeah. had, very generous. That she had rented for all of us, and she said to the person who she was staying in the room with, "Hey, I took that pill you left on the counter for on the table for me." And the woman's name is Sue. Sue was like, I didn't leave a pillow. She goes, what do you mean? She goes, who put that pill on my on the bedside table? The maid had just found a pill under the bed. And she just put it on the table. <laughs> and Chelsea, when she saw a pill, just put it in her fucking mouth. Oh. So we just watched her like a science experiment for like an hour. I'm like, what are you feeling like? Any tingling or numbing or anything like that? She was like, I'm just going to take some ecstasy to so I can just That'll override, That'll whatever. override whatever the fuck's going on. <laughs> but that was her mentality. Just all in on everything. And for some people, it was too much, man. For some people, it was, and I'm not friends with her now. Pers- like, you know, you're... Yeah, you grow apart. Yeah. Someone asked me if I was friends with Lana. And I was like... Lana Turner? Yeah, and I was like... No. I was like, yeah, I, I haven't talked to her. And they're like, you haven't talked to her since Ralphie's death? And I was like, 
it's, it was Drew. I was doing Drew's podcast. I, I actually feel bad that I answered it this way. I was like, he's like, have you talked to Lana? I was like, no. He's like, why not? And I was like, I don't know. I just didn't have an answer for it. But the pro- the truth was not not to. And I, by the way, I hate that I'm doing it again, but like, I just haven't talked to her. Mm-hmm. I just haven't reached out. And, I, and then I feel like a shitty person. And I know anyone that's listening is like, why haven't you reached out? I was like, well, it's not like, it's not like, yeah, but I just, not like, I just talked to Ralphie. Like I just talked to Ralphie. Yes. Like that's all like Lana and Ralphie weren't exactly on great terms. Towards the end, it was pr- pretty bad. Brutal. It was pretty bad. Brutal. And I was definitely, I was listening to Ralphie a lot yeah. of what his feelings were. And I was feeling bad for him. I don't know. I don't want to fucking no, get dude, into this again. But, I but, but, but here's, I I felt bad, right? She called and she was like, will you be on my podcast? And I told her, I go, Lana, I'm, I just can't. You, it's not like things with, with the two of you are good. And I, I have to pick a side here. I can't run the middle because I've known Ralphie forever. He used to babysit my kids. Like, yeah. I, I, it's, I don't hate you. That's not what I'm saying. But I feel like I'm doing, I'm not being loyal to my friend who, who oh, I know would not love it if I went on your podcast. That's yeah. what it was for me. It's not that I didn't reach out to her because I had any animosity towards her, but I felt like I had to choose a side. Dude, Does that make sense I, at all? I gotta, oh yeah, there's, I, there, I, we should change the subject. There's something I want to talk to you about. Okay. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel bad about that. I, I haven't stopped thinking about that. Like, like, but you can still reach out to it. Uh, it becomes so fucking complicated. I know, I, I know, but like, it, it's one of those things that just, if you just make the call, you stop thinking about it. If you just send the email or send the text, and the text can be, hey, sorry this took so long. Yeah, I should send the text. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, 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 wonder, I kept thinking, like, what would happen to Leanne if I died? Like, I don't think she needs anyone. Like, I don't think she'd ever, I really don't think she'd expect Tom or like Segura to reach out. I think she'd expect Push to reach out mm-hmm. to their friends. Yeah. But I don't think she'd expect I Tom agree. to ever fucking call her. She's never, I mean, they've never talked on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Why would Tom? Yeah. All of a sudden be like, <laughs> Why do you have her number? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I think Joey would, st- I think Joey would stop by of our course. house and ch- and just check in. Yep. But that's Joey. Like Ari wouldn't, I don't think Ari would ever speak to Leanne. But that's a thing. Like, do you Ari's my friend like do you but, expect them to no I don't think I, I don't care if Ari ever talks to her if I die I don't need him to check on my family right um I would hope like if 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 something happened like financially with them that my close friends would do something like you know like they do for Patrice's mom mm-hmm. uh I guess but I, th- I think I think they'd be fine I think I, I think I'm not gonna leave them in a spot you know god forbid something happened to me I think with, I have covered life insurance yeah. and they could figure that they don't need that. I've set it up so that they don't need benefit done once a year for them. You right. know, Patrice just didn't, wasn't, he wasn't that guy. He didn't think of it that way. I just, I don't know. You, I, 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 I've thought about that before, you know, I have, I have four grandkids. Yeah. So I've thought about that before too. Like what happens and who would circle and circle the wagons? And that's when you started talking about you have friends and you have friends, friends. That's when you start to make that list. You realize, oh, these are my. When you make that list, that's when you realize, oh, these are these are the people. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's funny too because I was thinking about this last night. I was like, you know, if I died, I, I'm. I guess maybe the store would do something for me, but I don't. I, I, not not that many people would show. <laughs> <laughs> Not as many as they show up for Brody, you but know. But Brody was 
It, Brody's, I mean, it was Brody. That was his home for fucking different animal. Different animal. You know, every years. I would imagine. Maybe I just have like a regular funeral. I guess. You have you thought about your funeral at all? Yeah, a lot. What what song are you coming into? Oh, uh, changes by Blind Melon. I I would wager a guess that you're the only person that's playing Blind Melon at their funeral, except the band members of Blind Melon. <laughs> like, <laughs> there is nobody else who's like, roll that Blind Melon song. I don't. Uh, I've I've thought about who I want to speak at my funeral. Um, Do you want it to be funny? No. You don't? No, because my kids are there. They're not going to fucking laugh. But don't you? My, see, I want my, my funeral kids... to be a party. I want the four grandkids there. No, I want everyone crying. You do? <laughs> I want everyone really sad. <laughs> I don't want anyone. I want everyone really Nobody really having sad. fun? No. <laughs> no booze is served at my funeral. <laughs> I don't want, I want the food to be dry. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, I want dry. everyone to be miserable. I would be happy if they no. would go in and have everyone take everyone's suit in an inch so everyone's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Everyone's wearing things that are too small. I want the heat on. <laughs> Hot in there. Oh, yeah. I, Shoes are too small. I don't know. You know, it's so funny. I've always said, I've always said if I die that no one should really mourn for me because I've had the greatest. Yeah. I've had the one of the greatest lives anyone could ever get. I have done, I have done things unimaginable by some people and unfathomable by others yeah. like i've 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 had a, i've had the, a better career than i thought i'd ever have um i still think i still think i have an opportunity to do bigger things in this business but like if i just ended it right here dude i'm fucking i'm through the fucking roof with just my career and then we talk about travel channel for eight years i just did bucket list adventures yeah. there's nothing i haven't done f- fucking adventure wise or, or seen, I've, I've seen almost all parts of the globe. I've traveled the world four times over. I and I and it's amazing, man. And so, like, I, I a lot of times I I go at my funeral. I don't. The no one should. The, everyone should be like, "Fuck, man, that's one way to do it." Yeah. Like I've been very. I've been luckier than any human being. I would argue probably in the world. I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I would like my funeral to be on a beach. I want to be cremated. Oh, I don't know about that. Cremated. I want to be cremated. Yeah. I want I want people to smoke some weed and maybe sprinkle a little little Josh Wolf in there. Ooh. S- see what happens, smoke it up. Yeah. And I just want it to be a party. I don't want I don't want I want my kids to celebrate the time. But that's like You I know think, what I mean? I I think about that like with the Luke Perry stuff going on. Oh my god. His kids are still I know. pretty young. His kid went to school with my son. They live right down the street. Those, those kids live right down the street. Um, so like, because like, like Patrice's funeral was f- apparently fucking hilarious. Yeah. It was fucking everyone was, everyone who's anyone in stand up was there. And it was, and they were just destroying on stage or at the, at the church. Right. Do you want that? Like, like, yes. I want people to remember it and be like, that was a great time. That was a great, but you how know, do your, how do your kids compartmentalize that loss? Well, that I maybe do two separate ones, you know, because last night with Brody, it was such a great combination but, of, of jokes, stories. Well, people are telling stand-up. stories about, about Brody on stage. Some, 
Ian Edwards got on stage and he was like, uh, because uh, Steve Byrne had been on behind him, b- before him, and he cried a little bit. And Ian got on stage, he was like, give it up for Steve Byrne, that pussy. <laughs> and he goes, why is everyone so sad? What is this, a funeral? I mean, it was really, you yeah. know, because it needed some of that too. Yeah. I think the blend of some heart, like I don't want my mom on stage cracking jokes about me being dead, but you know, what's Joe Diaz gonna do? Joe Diaz is gonna be Joey Diaz. Right, yeah. so and since our friends are funny people, wouldn't you want Tom to tell a funny story about you? Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, got, I just got to think of the lineup then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, so say how many people? How many people do you give in the lineup? Four or five? It can't be. I'm gonna go five. Okay, I'm gonna five. go long. So I go for me, uh, without a doubt, because started doing stand-up with him it's gotta be joey is yeah. one now are we just doing comics or are we just saying because you throwing your sisters in there too no my sisters aren't going to speak they don't get to speak no they won't they won't i, they, I just know them they won't who in the family who in your family has no one my mom would my mom would uh but it would be a bad idea so who you I, I go joe diaz um you know my brother dan is really funny if i'm picking one of my brothers yeah. and one of my cousins i pick my cousin scott Mostly because he's super cute and he was on TV and he'll give me a little cred, you know what I mean? Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good call. That's, yeah, that's a, really a good, good one, right? Call. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. really good call. Um, let me think what other stand-ups I put in there. You know, I would maybe ask Chelsea. I've known, you know, she's the last person I dated before I met my wife. So I've known her yeah, a Chelsea would be a good fit. You've got a, bigger, you got a bigger uh, draw than I do that I'm thinking like. I don't like, think so. Of like friends. Cause I... You got Segura for sure. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, you're not gonna have Rogan do it. I don't know. I don't think I. I, I this turns into like I don't want to be an imposition. Like I would definitely want Joe. If Joe wanted to, I would want him to say something. Right. I, but, my but, funeral. Okay. I. I would. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. My buddy Weecho, because he's because he's not really good at public speaking. That's good, and so he'll cry. Yeah. And that'll be a good one. Yeah, he'll open with him. Oh, you're opening with tears. I'm opening with tears. Okay, my buddy Weecho. Um, what's his say his name again? Weecho. Wheat. Weecho. 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 My buddy Weecho would open it. Okay. Uh, then I want Stanhope going up. Oh my God, who's following Stanhope? Uh, Joey Diaz. Oh my God, who's following those two? Uh. Tom and Ari are going up together. Oh, that's a good one. Right? That's a good one. And then I'd close with Joe. Wow. I'd close with Joe. That's, that's, that, and so no family members. No, not, not at all. I'm not going all. with a couple family members because they, they know some of the best stories. I, all I want is entertaining. Mm. I just want people going up and crushing. Oh, maybe get Bill that's Burr. St- maybe get Bill Burr to that's talk That's a crazy funeral. lineup. That's like Tuesday night at the store. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna start hanging out with Jim Jeffries more, just so I can really have the best funeral. That's a good one. Yeah, nice little one. I mean, I like that you're opening up with your friend who's not a great public speaker who's gonna cry. Oh yeah, Weicho, Weicho. I've seen him cry before. Yeah, and it's fucking un. Do you want to hear a great story of this guy? Yes. <laughs> If Weicho hears the story, he's gonna fucking shit himself. Spell his name. Weicho. It's his name's Maurice, but his oh. dad his dad is an old like Texas oil like farm country man. Like real like old school. His dad's gotta be like eighty now. 
But like old school, when we were kids, his dad was old school. His dad moved down to Peru and started uh, a company of, of like a farm equipment company. And the company had a, the the government had a coup d'état, and they kicked out all the Americans. And his dad stayed down there and sent his kids back to Texas to, so he could try to salvage something. Yeah, and literally was like, I guess I'm going to war. Move, yeah, yeah. His mom's Peruvian. His dad's his dad's old school Texan in the war, like in like the Korean War, I think. Or, you know, and like is just, he still in Peru? No, no. He's they live in Florida now. His dad's one of the funnest guys to drink with. His dad is. Fucking hilarious, but like old school. So we, his dad gets a boat. I think it's probably probably his first big purchase. You know, like in at her in retirement, yeah. gets a boat and says, "You guys want to go fishing?" We're like, "Yeah, sure." So we go out in Tampa Bay, out off McDill, and a thunderstorm rolls in, and both we each one are scared. We're fishing, but we're we're scared. We're drinking beers, but we're really scared. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Hey, well, we should get in." He was like, "Yeah, my, my, we just got out. My dad just got the boat. I don't know if he's gonna want to take the boat in." And I was like, "Yeah, but." This storm, storm's coming at us, and we're on the water, and there's a lot of lightning. And we just goes, yeah. And he comes back, and it, it's, it's a small boat. It's like a flats boat. And yeah. and uh, um and and his he goes back to his dad. He's like, hey dad, maybe we should take the boat in. I'm a little scared of this light. And he goes, god damn it, this is what's wrong with you fucking boys. Is he you no fucking man in you? You think I was scared when I was in fucking Korea? You think I, I could go up to my commander and go, hey, SARS, there's lightning. I need to get the fuck out of here. No, I fucking fought in that fucking war, and I didn't get fucking hit by lightning because I'm not a pussy. Now man <laughs> the fuck up, put your rod in the water, and fucking drink a beer and fucking fish. And so we just turns around. And he goes over to the other side of the boat. He passes me. He goes, I, we're not going in. <laughs> so lightning gets really fucking close to uh-huh. us, right? And I am terrified. I'm literally. How old are you? Uh, I don't Maybe 22, mm-hmm. 24, 25 maybe. So like a man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm definitely older than 22. I'm, okay. I'm 25, 26. Okay. It's getting really close to us. And I'm looking at his dad and his dad is not flinching. He is not scared at all. And I am like fucking trembling. And I'm looking at Weecho. And Weecho's not scared. I'm like, what is wrong with me that I can't be like these two men? And I go over to Weecho to be like, hey, man, I'm really like, I got to open up. And I go up to Weecho and I go, Weecho. And he looks at me and he's sobbing uncontrollably. He's like, oh, I want to go in. I want to go in. His dad doesn't know. He's just crying. And so I was like, okay, good. I'm not that bad. But, uh, yeah, Weecho opens it up because he cries. He's not, and English is his second language, although he wouldn't say that. His yeah. English is his second language. So sometimes, like, it's not anymore. He's a grown up now, but when we were kids, he'd fuck up words or he'd fuck up the way he says a word. Like he used to say Budweiser instead of Budweiser. Oh, Rottweiler. Rottweiler. Yeah. Rottweiler? <laughs> you know, so- we, Joe Diaz used to mess up sayings around my kids. Yeah. One day, he was like, uh, you got a memory like a hawk. And I was like, that's not right, dude. <laughs> you got a memory like a hawk. I go, that's not right. He goes, no, it's right. I go, no, that's not right. He goes, no, 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 it's right. I go, Joe, it's eyesight. He goes, Josh Wolf, a hawk leaves a tree in a forest every morning, flies around that forest. All the trees look the same, but it finds How its way back fuck? to the same tree. That's a good fucking memory. And I was like, yeah, I don't have a. How the fuck does a hawk do that? No, 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 no. You got a memory like a hawk. Memory that he was like, find the, find that fucking tree. I'm like, oh. I don't know, dude. Oh, that's fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Memory like a hawk was always my favorite. Joey would, Joey would, Joey would be great speaking at a funeral. Be great. He'd be, you know, he has so many great stories. He has such great perspective on life. Yeah. Too, like, 
he called me up yesterday, two days ago yesterday, and he goes, it's like first thing in the morning, he goes, uh, he goes, you're a good man, Brooke Kreischer. And I said, oh, thanks, Joey. He, why are you saying that? And he goes, he goes, you know what, Dunk, I, I haven't seen you at the store, and I'm glad. I'm glad. He goes, you're fucking working hard as shit on the road. Spend that time with the girls. Not enough of us are being dads. We're out there working our ass off. Mm-hmm. He goes, I, I like that you're taking time to spend with your kids. <laughs> I love it. It's almost like a prescription. Pull you, tonight, pour yourself a double Tito's and soda. Fucking sit in your recliner. Sit with your family and fucking love your family. I love you, cocksucker. Clunk. Yeah. And just hung up. And Stay you're black. Like, Stay black. Yeah. <laughs> Joey's the fucking best. Yeah. You know what I do really appreciate? And I've known him since before my kids. Yeah. He picks up the phone. He's not going to yeah. text you. Yeah. He's not gonna, he wants to hear your voice. He wants he picks up the phone. Old school and he makes connections. And you know what? His phone calls with you are no more than 3 or 5 minutes. But he always tells you something that makes you feel good. He does. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. comforts you in some way. He's really man I've seen so many uh different Joe Diaz's, but this one is like he's really he's still funny and bananas and smokes weed but he has such a different perspective now an arms wide open truly uncle joey than he's ever had yeah like like the only other person when i thought about who would cast as wide a net as brody oh maybe joe right maybe Ooh, joe diaz i that yeah um hopefully i die before him i don't want to yeah. go to that one. <laughs> no dude <laughs> i don't want to no. go to that one but but he would tell you he if you had asked him Yo, when he was over 300 pounds. He told pounds, my dad the other day. He goes, yeah, we got money on him whether or not he makes it through this tour. And my yeah. dad goes, what? And he goes, we think he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> my dad got so concerned. My dad's like, buddy, are you going to be okay? I go, dad, it's the way Joey talks. Fucking let it go. If you had asked me when I first met Joe Diaz, but when I first met him, he was probably 215 pounds. Really? He wore a three-piece suit on stage. I have some pictures of him in, in his suit on stage. Really? Yeah, man. And he used to pace furiously, and he was really intimidating. I mean, he would pace, man, and and but um, but he got really unhealthy for a little bit. He called me. I don't know if he's ever told this story, so maybe I shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Like I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but there were times where if you had asked him, "Do you think you'll live till you're forty? He'd have been like, "No fucking way." Fifty? No. How did he gain weight? He gained weight because I don't, you know, he was doing so much coke. I never quite understood how he gained weight. <laughs> and not only that, he did a ton of coke and he walked everywhere. For a while, he didn't have a car. Yeah. He would walk from him and his his ex's name was Carla. He would walk from their house to the store, which was four or five miles. He would walk back to my house. He was walking everywhere. He was also, he's an extreme dude. He went from not smoking cigarettes to smoking a pack or two a day. And there was no, and he would, have you ever seen him smoke? He takes, yeah. he has lungs like, a, he must have an extra lung. He would, a cigarette was two drags. <laughs> he would put it out. Six just, years ago, I was going through some shit really bad. Yeah. And I was, I couldn't wrap my head around it and I didn't know how to deal, deal with it. And I started going to therapy and Joey found out through the grapevine that I was going to therapy and called me and was like, fuck that shit, cocksucker. He goes, I meet you at Maria C every morning. I didn't realize it was also, it was a way for him to start smoking again. And he was tearing through cigarettes. At a crazy pace, right? And one took almost an entire cigarette. But I, I, 
there were times where he looked so unhealthy. I'm oh, yeah. so happy right now that he looks. He's in such a good place. Yeah, man. His his daughter, you know, him being able to have a new start. What happened with his daughter previously, I think, really fucking killed him. Killed him. Yeah. And so I think this this has really given him. I'm curious if you can see how white my legs are. Can you see? Yeah, that? why do you have such white legs? You think that, I mean, look how look at that. What your legs are really white. White and look how thin my ankles are. Look at that. What's that tattoo say? Ah, uh, that's drunk. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a couple of letters there. It's I get drunk one night and. How many tattoos do you have? I have. See now you say tattoo. I just said it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I like I like taking a word and owning it yeah, forever. Tattoo. Tattoo um, and uh, Ben Affleck. Is that Ben Affleck? Yeah, Ben Affleck. I like that Ben Affleck. Sounds ben like Affleck. a medicine you should yeah. take. I have a wedding ring because yeah. I I lost a bunch of mine. I got two, one here, one here. I got one here, and I got one on the ankle, and that's it. Are you you, think, you tattoo guy? I don't have any. Are you gonna ever? I guess, I guess I'm not. Yeah, you hit an age where you're like, why now? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I get part of me. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind. I, I I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't mind getting a get one, but I just I don't know where what I'd want. I saw I never have like leg tattoos, but I saw a really cool one on the this guy's like uh it was really cool on his shin. That's gonna hurt a lot. I right? know, yeah. I would can I tell you the one I really want to get? Yeah. This is the my first one. I want to get a face one. Oh no. And ha, ha, like of the state of Florida right by my eye. <laughs> <laughs> if you were looking for people to take their opinion, I would I would vote a hard no on that one. Dalia just started getting them. But not on his face. On his hands, though. Yeah, I saw that. I think he's doing them. I, I mean, I'm not speaking for him, but I think he's doing them based on his specials. Oh, really? I think so, yeah, because the, the first one's Fire. I think that's from Man on Fire. I wonder why the, the hands, though. One? You know what his second one is? I think it was an eagle. and I think his name of his last special was Eagle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, maybe, I'm, I, maybe my theory's off. I wonder why hands, though. Why? I mean, starting at hands is really aggressive. It's a really aggressive. interesting place. I thought it was a joke when I first saw it. I, I thought they were at, like henna. I thought it was a henna. T- I thought it was a, a press on, and he was like, hey, guys. Yeah. But no, they're real. This tiny one on my finger hurt more than the other ones. But that's why the thing on the hand, on the top of the foot, the sh- every time I see a shin tattoo, all I can think about is how much that must have fucking You see how many killed. people are getting Enjoy It tattooed on the wrist? No. A lot of people, I think. Maybe I just saw one. <laughs> and then somebody just reposted it a hundred times? I have a heart. I get depressed when I look like... The internet can depress me. Yeah. Like when I hop on the internet and then I, I, cause I get FOMO really easily. Yeah. And then last night I saw, I saw the picture of everyone hanging out on stage for Brody's thing. And I got, I was like, God damn it, man. I should have, I mean, I had, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't, but I want. Just wa- come down I, on Monday. Yeah. Just come down on Monday. That's what I think we're, uh, we're all, there's a bunch of us will be speaking and I think it'll be the same thing, except I think a little more personal because there'd be a lot more of his his uh, childhood friends, it, uh, my buddy and his buddy Tana, who we started doing stand up in Seattle's coming yeah. down. Like I think it's gonna it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot deeper. I think on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, you should come down though, man. I'm gonna come out on Monday. I'm gonna I don't I gotta do Conan and then head over. That's really fucking. I mean, pretty great, dude. What's that? Are you excited to go back on Conan? Yes and no. Here's the only reason I'm not excited is if you do well on Conan. It burns materials so fucking hard. You have no yeah. idea. Like, like if you do really like, because you want to do well. But if you do well, then it 
fucking like yeah you forget like how his his online presence I mean, his shows huge but his right. online presence people go to his interviews on youtube and watch him ad nauseum they, if, the, if you're on one of his interviews people go this is going to be funny because they know conan's funny and so like i did that period party on conan yeah and I, it got like fucking 30 million views get out and i and and now i go on stage and everyone's like period i start to i go my daughter's got their party and i got their periods and everyone starts going period party period party i go guys that's the punchline if you yeah. Just- yeah. <laughs> wait do you do you ever i had somebody send me um a message online they were like i was disappointed to hear some of the stories on stage that you told on your podcast and I was like, really? Yeah. I mean, how? Out of their mind. But because that's how we find stories a lot of times. So a lot of my, a lot, a lot of my, my act shows up in my podcast where I'm like, where I'm like talking about something, yeah. and then I go, ooh, I, I'll say to myself, that is a good. I should really explore that. Yeah. Or I'll try something out to like. I told Drew a punchline I was thinking of in my head, and uh, and I was like, and I was, and and it worked, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna throw that in the act. Yeah. No, I, I do, it happens to me all the time. You know, I something will come to me that it elicit an emote like uh, gen, uh, on my podcast. I started talking about gender reveal parties and how mm-hmm. nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody coming to your party gives a fuck. And I would even guess only one person in the relationship gives a fuck. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I went on a little bit of rant and I was like, oh, I like that topic. I'm going to bring that on stage. So I tried it on stage and that was with a woman telling me, I really, I was disappointed to hear the gender reveal on stage because I had already heard well, it in the I podcast. I think sometimes I know that if, if, if you're like, I, I, I never, I told a story one time that happened to me on Rogan and as I, t- and Rogan wasn't even in the room, it was me telling it to Red Band mm-hmm. and then Rogan came in the room at the end of it and it was, and it was funny and I was like, oh, that's a funny like just, he just heard half of it and laughs, and I was like, oh, I'm taking that on stage. And I remember people would be like, I heard that on Rogan. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I definitely told you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, But, I, you know, you can't, you can't, you know what's funny? My sister had a gender reveal party for her, for her son now. They, she was pregnant. We cared because she didn't want a boy and he didn't want a girl. Oh, well, that's exciting to go watch. So it was. Who was upset? They cut the cake and it was blue, and my si- my sister got really upset. She was like, "And was somebody I, videotaping that?" Oh no, we were laughing so hard because my brother in law was going, "Yes, yes, <laughs> fucking yes! I'm getting a son! I'm getting a son! <laughs> Fuck yeah! I'm so glad it's not a chick! I'm so glad it's not a chick!" <laughs> and my sister was just like, "I don't want a boy! I don't want a boy! I wanted a little girl! I wanted a little girl!" It was so fucking funny. Did you funny. care that much? I don't give a fuck. I didn't care either, man. Like, I cared. I cared. My gender reveal was at the gynecologist. Yeah. The gyne- gynecologist is like, do you want to know what you're going to have? We're like, yeah. And she goes, it's a girl. See the hamburger? And I went. The what? The hamburger. And I, and my wife could tell that I was like, I, I really wanted a boy. I'm so yeah. glad I got girls. I'm so glad I got girls. Why? Dude, I, I love having girls. The, our dynamic in our family is such a female dominant ball breaking yeah. family. That it's like, I and I I love that. I love the connection. I mean, I, I guess I I don't. I never had a boy, so I couldn't tell you. But the connection you get, like they really are doting. Like the other day, my daughter came in, and I was in bed, and she came in and jumped, got my bed with her breakfast, and I I like looked at her. And I was like, "What are you doing?" She goes, "I just thought I'd have breakfast with you." 
And I was like, yeah, because I know you're not getting out of bed. So I thought I'd sit in your bed and That's eat breakfast. Nice. And I was like, oh, nice. And then I'm thinking, oh, I'm setting her up for failure with men. <laughs> <laughs> Low standards, baby. Low standards. You know, my son said to me the other day, I was talking to him and I was sick. And I was like, what do you want? What are you going to do when I get old? Because he was complaining about helping me. I go, what are you going to do when I get older, man? He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, when I need help, when I'm older, he was like, well, why do I have to do that? I was like, well, who's going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> I said, who else is going to do it? And my daughter's name's Caitlin. He goes, well, what about Caitlin? I'm like, exactly. I, you know what? I should have just gone yeah. to her to begin with because my both my sons, you know, my oldest son is in the army, yeah. not much of a caretaker, <laughs> you know, and my, <laughs> my youngest son doesn't give up fuck so my daughter i knew i should have known i'm like yeah i've been spending too much time with you i really need to put a yeah. little extra time <laughs> into the person who's going to be taking care of me when i'm old oh my youngest will not be taking care of me with it no no a hundred percent not going to be ta- there's she won't be taking care of herself georgia will be taking care of everyone if I, this is my biggest fear if something happened to leanne yeah i'd be fucking sh- i'd be fucked i would be fucked i would have to find a new wife stat what do you on the on the list of things that you need to do to keep the house running how many of them do you feel like you're not prepared to be able to do today for the first time uh by our shower is a crate like an old milk crate mm-hmm. uh like a you get it like restoration hardware wherever mm-hmm. that all the towels are in the other day uh i got yesterday i got out of the shower and I looked and I thought, you know, I never have once put a towel in that crate and it's always got towels in it. And I thought, I wonder how those towels always get here from Leanne. She's always put towels in there. That's the only person that's ever put towels in. So today oh. I, I grabbed I grabbed a stack of towels. I, I'm soaking wet from the pool. Yeah. And I go, I see towels on the thing. I go, I'm putting towels in there. <laughs> <laughs> you were so proud of yourself, weren't you? I grabbed yeah. the towels. And I was like, I brought him in. And I was like, I go, hey. And then I put him in the thing. She goes, what are you doing? And I go, that's the first time I ever put towels in there. And she goes, I am well aware of that. Oh, she, yeah, I don't do, I don't do anything in this house. I make dinner. That's all I do. I make dinner. I make food. That's it. I recognize being proud of yourself for the most ridiculous thing. You're yeah. a grown man. Like, why? Look at the fucking towels. <laughs> I go, I put those towels in there. And she was like, she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Where she, th- There was one time I, I took the trash barrels out to the curb. Mm-hmm. So I, I come back in. And right when I close the door, I just scream for whoever's in the house. Took the trash barrels out to the curb. <laughs> right? So nobody responded. I'm like, took I take the trash barrels and walk out in uh, my wife's inner room. I go, I go, hey, I took the, uh, took the trash barrels out to the curb. And she was like, yeah? And I was like, I just want to let you know I did that. And she was like, what do you want? Like a blowjob or a pat on the back? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is what you're supposed to do, you know? Yeah. But I'm not used to doing anything. Mm, I have a really, I'm very uh, monoscopic in like the, what I think about. I remember saying to my daughter was like, it's like one time, this is when she was younger. She was like, oh, dad's got the life. All he does is like goes and tells jokes and travels for Travel Channel. And I go, yeah. She goes, all you get to do is just party. Oh, your life's a big party. Instead of saying this at dinner. And I yeah. said, yeah. And my wife's like, well, do you have a problem with that? And she goes, well, no, but how come none of us get to do that? And I go, hey, I've worked pretty hard so that all I get to do is think of jokes and party. 
That's all I do. Yeah. And that's all I want to do. I don't do shit. She goes, and Leanne's like, yeah, and that applies to dishes. <laughs> like all the stuff that goes on in this house. I go, I'm sorry. I go, if you, I, part of my deal is I fucking think, all I do is think about silly things all fucking day long. It's a really a blessing when you think about it is to just think about jokes. Like even like the Luke Perry thing, when he, when he first, when he first got the stroke, I made it, I wrote a joke the day of it's fucking horrible let's let's put a pin in this so we can take it out real quick if we don't like it but uh, i saw he was trending and i go oh my god uh luke perry was me too and my wife goes no he had a stroke i go oh thank god yeah and she was like what and i go it's better to have a stroke than be me too these days and then when he died i was like well, i guess that's not that funny yeah <laughs> although <laughs> <laughs> but what's the what's the what's the appropriate amount of time you're supposed to wait for what? To be able to make a joke about something. Oh, right away. You can make it right away. Right. Yeah. I made. I, a, I wrote a joke about Brody. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Last night, I felt really guilty about not going. I go, and I go, I wanted to be there, but I go, well, you know, when you really think about it, Brody didn't want to be there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, like, that's, uh, that's what we do. Yeah, like I was, because I felt really guilty about not going last night. But we had this thing that I had to do, and I and I couldn't I couldn't do half of it. I had to do the whole thing, and uh, and then when it got done, it was too late. And I was like, "Well, I'm not going to go over now." And I don't know. But but like I said, there's the 11th. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, I'm taking a drug test on Friday. For what? And so I can't be around marijuana. And you, I knew the green yeah. room was filled with marijuana. Hundred percent. Why so, are you taking a drug test? Long story. Uh, do you smoke weed? Yeah. Here and there? Here and there. When I can't smoke weed, I get really, I really want to smoke weed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll smoke it. I smoke it a little bit. It, fuck, it Oddly enough, it fucks with my lungs a lot more than it, it does the average person. Yeah. Like I, feel, I can feel it when I run the next day. Are you not an edible guy? No. I've, 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 I've done small amounts. You gave me those mints one time. Yeah. And I took one mint. I didn't really feel it too much. I think there were like five milligrams of mm -hmm. mint maybe. Um. You know, I, I'm but not. I drink, but if I took an edible, I drink a lot too. Uh, like I get, I get nervous that it's going to be too much. So you so, need it to kind of even. You drink to even. I would like to take an edible. I may, I may take an edible uh, next week. Why not? It's, Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are going to be par hard partying days for me. Why? Uh, because I'm. It's my last. I take the drug test Friday, uh -huh. and uh, and. Um, I just realized I should, probably shouldn't be talking about this like this. <laughs> I'm gonna be partying pretty hard after this drug test, but no. But uh, our our I we have a group of friends called the Campers that we all yeah. hang out, and uh, I'm gone for the rest of March. I'm gone on tour for the rest of March, and I'm working every single day. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, we're we're going hard in the paint, and we're gonna. I think we're thinking about going big, like going real big, and like just fucking blowing it out. Wait, all... does that mean going somewhere? We're thinking about possibly going somewhere. We're thinking about. Uh, spending some money and getting like maybe getting a, a house at Malibu for the weekend oh, something like big we want to go big but uh and will that include something outside of the regular like when I every now and then so if I'm if I'm gonna treat myself special at a party yeah. and it, a big it'll include mushrooms like that's the oh, thing no, that I still no one uses drugs in this group just drink me and me and the, me and Sandy is the one of the moms right and Tom, Tom sometimes not anymore really we'll smoke weed uh, but we're the only ones that smoke weed and we just we're actually doing an escape room Sunday with the two families so two of the families 
we four families that are all really close. Two of the families are really close, and that's only because the two dads travel. Tom is a movie producer, uh-huh. and I'm a comedian, and so the two moms, Sandy and my wife, are really close because they help parent. They help uh, co- yeah. cover a lot of bases for each other. Our both our girls play softball at one field, so Sandy does pick up for both girls, even though they're on totally different teams. Both girls and and so and the, all the girls are in roughly in the same age area, and so the f- two families. It's one. Of the, it's Lou, the youngest one's birthday, and so we're going to um, an escape room, and we were going to do family versus family, and then we thought, no, <laughs> let's do co-parent like the parents so sandy and i are identical yeah and leanne and tom are identical george and kylie are identical and isla and lou are identical uh. so me isla lou and sandy are going to be in one escape room so it's the morons against the geniuses who do you get your money on oh us us i did an escape room with isla one time with my family <laughs> dude it was like it was like doing an escape room with forrest gump yeah. she, <laughs> They shut the door and lock it, and she turns around, and I go, okay, where's our first clue? And she goes, Dad, if we can just find the key for this door, we can get off this door. And I was like, Isla, that's not how it works, baby. She's like, no, 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 guys, guys, they've locked the door. We just got to find the key. I go, yeah. that's, baby, you're, so we're, we're do, have you ever done an escape room? No. Oh, they're fun as fuck. Good to do to your family? A hundred percent. So much fucking fun. High or not? Yeah. Oh, God. T- the only thing, though, there's a. I'm gonna do it high. There's a little bit of panic. In uh. In. We did ours on Lancashire, mm-hmm. but it was like it. W- it was simply just a house on Lancashire, like a like just like somebody's a, house, someone's house, that they bought a house and they built two escape rooms, three escape rooms mm-hmm. in it. And they run an escape room out of this house. I th- I'm almost certain it's on Lancashire or on Coanga, like over there. And uh, I got a little panicked because it's not a nice house. It's not a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a great way for a serial killer <laughs> yeah, to, to lure just, people in. To just n- literally order in for the night. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I have an escape room. Sure. Yeah. Click. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Um, I had never thought of that. Oh, like- I panicked. A tad it's like bit. the next Saw movie. They literally were like, leave your cell phones, your purses, everything out of the room. Anything and where someone could identify you. I brought my cell phone in. I was like, Good fuck you. Yeah. Leave my cell phone. Sure, buddy. Sure. <laughs> did you guys get out? Yeah, we got out. We did it. We got out. They had to give it. You get like three hints and we got, we had to use all three hints and we got out. See, my. It was fun. It was really fun. I think I would do that. You know, I, I, my youngest son. Is also a weed guy. We don't smoke together, but I know he smokes and he yeah. knows I smoke and he's high in front of me, but he's legal. Like he's 21. There's nothing yeah. I can really say or do, but he, uh, I would be fun to go do that with him and my wife and my daughter. Can I tell you, I fucked up big time. We were talking, we were, we were with my two cousins were in town. We were all at my sister's house and we were talking about drugs uh, and whatnot and we were talking about cocaine and i knew my daughters were listening i look out of nowhere goes mom throws up when she does cocaine and and leanne goes hold on that's marijuana isla yeah (laughs) and she was like oh same same like no totally fucking different Yeah. yeah and so then the girls came off the couch and sat with us as we were talking about drugs and i and they said wait can we smoke marijuana and and leanne said Clearly, it's legal in L.A., but mm-hmm. you can only do it. Leanne's like, I want you to do it 
when your brains are fully done developing. Don't I don't want you to do it in high school. Yeah. I don't want you to do it in co- like when you when your brain's done developing, then it's okay to smoke weed. And Georgia says at the table, um, when 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 it's legal for me and one of my brains developed, Dad and I are going to smoke weed for the first time together. And everyone went, huh? And I was I forgot I had told her that I never smoked weed, and that I said if you wait to. Sp- I'm the worst parent. I go, if you wait, if you can wait till you're 21, then I'll wait and I'll never smoke it. And when we'll smoke it together for our first time. (laughs) And they sat at the table and she goes, yeah, dad's never smoked weed. And so we're going to smoke it together for our first time. And the whole table was like, looked at me like, you lied that bad? Like, holy shit. And I was like, Ooh, I'm already in it. Like, I don't know (laughs) what to do. I don't know how to get out of this one. I'm already, I've already started it. But do you, here's the funny thing. Like I'm for the legalization of weed. Yeah. And I would have a beer with my son. But for some reason I still haven't crossed that if fuck, we should smoke together. It's it's cuz I think it's cuz when we grew up. It was cuz of our value system of when, when we grew up of what age we are. Because my dad started eating marijuana and I will not eat marijuana with my dad. I will not get high. But I'll drink a bottle of wine with my dad. I'll get drunk with Why my dad. Why do you dad. think that you, and you even feel weird about I getting high? I feel very with weird. And I'd feel very weird getting high with my children. Yeah. Because I think it's I think it's our our value system that was set in in the 80s yeah. of like just say no. Drugs are bad. The war on drugs. You don't want to get hooked. You don't it's a gateway drug. And I think I think it's really I think that fucked up our perception on how we should treat drugs. Yeah, but but I'm I've always thought it should be legal. Like I've never been a big I never I never thought I never ever thought it would be legal. In a million fucking years that I think it would ever be legal. I would agree with you. I didn't think it would be, but I always thought it should be. And so and I would rather have my kids smoke than drink. For me. But I still haven't figured out a way to sit down and smoke weed with them. I, I just don't know why I can't, why I think it's different. But I, I would sit and drink with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Would you have a drink with your daughter when she was 21? Would you share a drink with your daughter when she was 18 if you were at the house and nobody was leaving the house? Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. But like, like if, if I'll tell you what, if... This is going to sound like really bad parenting. So don't hold this against me, everybody. But like, say, say George is like 16 years old mm-hmm. and Isla's 14 and we go to Italy and we're in Italy and they have wine at the table. Yeah. I'd be like, if you want, you can have some wine. I would definitely wouldn't have a problem with that. Even at that age, I'd be like, yeah. no, that's fine. I mean, at 18, 100%. If we're, if it's, see, I would never. I would never want them to need to sit at a table and have a glass of wine to enjoy dinner like I do, but right. I would never want that for them because I don't want it for myself. Like I would love to be able to just go, I'll take a root beer the way they my kids do. But instead I get to the table and I'm like, let's we got some fucking time. Uh, let's get a bottle of wine over yeah. here. I wouldn't have a problem with uh like I if, Isla's definitely definitely tasted vodka before. I we went we went to this restaurant and I you had to order at the bar and then bring it to your table and Isla got a Sprite and I got a double Tito's and soda and I forgot which is which and I just and I but I assumed I I misgrabbed them and I yeah. put gave Isla the Tito's and soda. I went back to the bathroom to take a shit and I came back and Leanne goes, "Hey dickhead. No. Your daughter just took a full gulp of fucking Tito's and soda." <laughs> and Isla and Isla was like, "Uh." <laughs> what do you think? And I know for me, 
the grossest thing you've ever seen one of your kids do. I, I, I'll tell you, as What's you're thinking your, about yeah, it, yeah, yeah. we were at P.F. Chang's once. My daughter was probably seven. Yeah. And after dinner, you know, and I, I um, she, her favorite dessert was gum. We, she, I was, she wouldn't get dessert at restaurants. She'd be like, can you just get me a pack of gum? I'm like, yeah. Well, I hadn't bought her a pack of gum. And I was like, babe, where did you get that gum? And she goes, like, from where I always get it at the restaurants, where they leave it for us. And I go, they leave? She goes, yeah, at the bottom of the table. Oh, my God. So what I found, Bert, was every time that I thought she was chewing the gum that I got for her at a eating. restaurant, she had been pulling it off the bottom of the table and putting it in her fucking mouth. Uh -huh. And I was like, first of all, you and I are never... You're never touching me with your mouth again. Like your face, you're never kissing my cheek or you know? That's <laughs> horrible. She was chewing the gum and I was like, this she's either gonna be sick for the rest of her life or never sick again. Never sick again. Never That's sick a, again. She'll never get anything. She by the way, she never gets a fever. No. She never gets every now and then her stomach will be upset or she'll throw up yeah. and then she's better. She never gets the flu. She never gets oh, it. It's oh. so fucking crazy. But she ate gum off the bottom of restaurant tables for probably a year oh, that's yeah. fucking aggressive. Oh. how much would i have to pay you how much would i have to pay you probably 20 grand <laughs> <laughs> i got a low i got a low that's way low <laughs> i am probably, i don't know so just pick up dinner yeah. <laughs> i'll tell you what i'll pick up dinner you leave the tip well, 20 grand was way lower than <laughs> yeah, yeah 20 grand i'm good what do you what's the grossest thing you think you've seen one of your daughters do uh i remember <laughs> i don't know i i remember i think i like jumped out of the pool one time uh -huh. this it, we used to have a above ground pools way before we got this yeah, pool. yeah. we always had an above ground pool and i like got an above ground pool one time Went over to the yard, pulled her suit to the side, shit, and then put it back on and jump. I, I go, you're not getting in the pool. I go, you're not getting in the fucking pool. I go, go wipe your ass. Yeah. You go, oh my god. I go, pick up your shit and wipe. Her. Pick up your I go. Shit. Wait, she goes. I go. Who do you think is getting that shit? And she goes, mom cleans up this shit in the yard. And I'm like, oh god. Yo, can you imagine scooping a human shit? Can I tell you something? And I've just started telling the story on stage because. Have you ever stepped in human shit before? No. There is such a difference in your in the way your body feels between stepping in dog shit and human shit. You step in dog shit, you're like, that's gross. You step in human shit. Oh. You are, you know that, you know that crazy, unrational, like irrational anger you get from stubbing your toe? Yeah. Multiply that. You don't know who to be angry at. But you're fucking mad. You stepped in human shit. Can I tell you what I did the other day? I was walking. We were in the backyard. We we're trying to set that hammock up. So I'm setting the hammock up. We're on a step stool. And I go in and I'm going to put all my socks and my shoes. I'm going to go for a jog. And I, I knew that I'd stepped in mud. Like I had mud caked to the bottom of my foot. Yeah. And so I went in to get the mud off and I swiped it and it was dog shit. With your hand? And it's all in my hand. And I'm like. Oh no no no! And then I I, I walk and I'm gagging and my daughters are like what and I go nothing I go into their bad bathroom and my oldest daughter loses it. If you have dog shit in your hand, you're not going to our fucking bathroom. Oh! How many times did you wash your hand? And how long did your hand smell like shit? I washed my hand immediately. I went to their shower. Yeah. 
I washed my hand on my foot. I couldn't use. I couldn't use my. I was. I was. That hand was infected all day. I might have peeled my fingernails off just to make sure there was none left. There's a video. There's a video of Isla rolling in dog shit that is on Instagram. That is my favorite. I watch it every time I get. It basically she rolls in dog shit and she's like, oh, and I'm sitting over by the garage in a in a in a beach chair drinking a glass of wine. I remember this. I just gotten this camera, and I was I was working on the zoom. I was seeing how far it zoomed, and I had a directional mic and i was trying to hear how the directional mic worked and i you hear me i go did you roll in dog shit and she was like no and i go did you roll in dog shit and georgia goes it's mud and i go no it's dog shit and she goes no it's mud i go georgia smell smell it and tell me if it's dog shit she goes it's mud i go georgia smell it she bends down smells it pops up and goes it's dog shit <laughs> and i fucking fell i literally couldn't get out of the chair i was laughing so hard and I literally was like, <laughs> you, all you hear in the video is me going, dog shit, it's dog shit. I love in such a crazy way that things like when things like that happen to your kids, it oh. makes me, I know some people, some parents would have rushed out of the chair, dude, but you reacted the right way. Dude, I remember I have a video of Isla learning how to dive and she was on a dock. And she was like, you can see her like hands are like arrowed above her head. Her head's like chin on her chest. And she's like, one, two, three. And then just jumps and does a belly flop. And I was howling so hard. I'm like, try again, baby. Just going, please fucking do another one of those. Yeah, because we need to be entertained. I, my kids knew at the house. Mm-hmm. If I turn walking around a corner, there's a good chance I'm going to be, he's going to be waiting there for me. Isla has, I, there's another video of Isla walking in the kitchen with all the glasses of water that were in her bed and she's in her bedroom and she's like got one in her chest. She's got two in her hands and she's holding them together and, and I, and she's walking in and I just go, Hey, and she fucking drops all of them. <laughs> I can't imagine. I say, I've always said to the girls, I go, what's it like having me as a dad? And Georgia's always goes, can be a little exhausting. <laughs> That's dude. My daughter, when she was nine, told me, maybe eight, yeah, I can't be scared. And I was like, don't, don't say that to me. <laughs> I can't be scared. She was like, nobody can scare me. I'm like, that's because your brother, your brother, you're talking about your brothers. You're saying I, like, I can't scare you. I used to have a roommate who used to tell girls, I can't have an orgasm from blowjobs. And they're like, well, I'll show you. Yeah. And he was like, wow, you did it. Can you believe it? You're Good job. Man. That must be you. <laughs> um, so she was like, I can't be scared. So I said, babe, don't. Don't tell me that. Listen, you challenging me? Because yeah. I know I'm a grown up, but like, are you saying you can't be scared? She was like, I can't be scared. I said, okay. This is, she was probably eight. So it was her birthday party at my house. And I, I had my brother say, hey, you left my $20 bill for you out on the table, out on the patio. So she came out on the patio and I was there in a scream mask. Not in, just a scream mask. I had my regular clothes on because yeah. I didn't want to go full. Yeah. And I didn't go woo or scare. I just went, hey. She, you know, like in a cartoon, dude, <laughs> when someone jumps in the air and their little, and their feet go ding, 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 yeah. and she, boo, she ran, not kidding, full speed directly into the sliding glass door. Oh my God. She bounced off of it because she was so tiny. She got up and this is when I knew she was my girl. She picked up the $20 bill. <laughs> 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 she wasn't running inside without her $20 bill. She <laughs> picked up the 20, ran inside, shut the door, locked it. 
I come inside laughing. She says to me that day, I'm going to get you back. Oh, fuck. Six years later, <laughs> I'm coming up my walkway to my house. That house where you and Annie came and shot that thing with me one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're walking up. And on either side, there was hedges. And I used to always think, man, somebody could wait at the end of that left hedge. And I yeah. scare real easily. Three older brothers. I'm on pins and needles all the <laughs> fucking time, you know? And so I'm, I, it was like late. I'm looking over my set that I had just done at the store. I'm a little high. And out, I'm about to get to the end of the hedge. And out from behind the hedge, she's wearing this white flowy dress and a scream mask. So she just kind of glides out. And she goes, whoa! Bert. You know, like when you kind of wake up 50 feet later yeah. and I was like, what the fuck? I was, my heart was pounding. I shriek when I get scared. I jazz hand. I'm breathing heavy. She walks up to me. She takes the screen mask off. She puts it, throws it at my feet. And she goes, I've been waiting six years to do that to you. And she walked in the house. And before she got in the house, I just screamed. I'm proud of you <laughs> because I was, I was like, that's the fucking way to do that. You know, our thing, our thing with me and my girls is. You know those sampler spoons they give you for ice cream? Yeah. The little tiny white ones? Yeah. My sisters and I did it to each other and my do- and they taught my sis they taught my daughters. My daughters and I do it to each other. We go up and we smack the person on the back of the neck with one of those sampler spoons. Ooh. So if you ever get ice cream, you pull it back. Immediately all of us go, Can I get a sample spoon? <laughs> and then the second we get sample spoons, we are it is game fucking on. But you're driving. You must get hit all the time. I got hit one time driving, and I fucking were on fucking 101 before the, right before the 405, and she hits me, and I fucking, Aah! and my wife goes, okay, game's over. We never play that again. <laughs> Dude, I've gotten these girls so fucking good where they least expect it. Like, there's no one wears a goddamn ponytail in our house anymore, because if you, I'm telling you, I would take them to go get ice cream. And the first thing all of us do, sample things. The best one is my sister. This is when I was 22 years old. My youngest sister was 12. My middle sister was 20. And we were in the Bahamas with my parents. And my parents had just gotten back together. They had split up, thought they were going to get a divorce. And they got back together. But not everything had worked out between them. There was still a lot of tension between the two Mm -hmm. of them. And so we're in an elevator. And the keys they had, the keys were like, were like vit like like maybe two inches long or two and a half inches long uh-huh. and maybe half an inch wide. It was a weird key, but it was a plastic hotel key. So it was like half of what you know is a hotel key. The long ways. And we're doing it to each other. We each have the keys. We're doing it to each other. And my little sister, Gotti, looks at me and and takes it up to my dad's neck and pulls it back and goes, huh? And we go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, smack. And my dad goes, motherfucker. Mother-. This is in an elevator, right? An elevator. There's people in there with, motherfucker. This is why I don't want to be a part of this fucking family. And no. We're like, and we're all just like. Oh, my God. This is why, like, he's been thinking about it. It's the first you heard of it. He had that, a, we, that, he, yeah. that wasn't the only time he said that. He said that again. I shouldn't say this. I feel bad because my dad. Obviously, my dad came back to our family. We're a family. We yeah. still, we're, everything's good. But there was a period where it wasn't good. And <clears throat> that happened. And then uh, I got drunk in the Miami airport and tried to carry on a knife. And they wouldn't let me carry on a knife. And I miscalculated how a plane, I was like, Dad, I've been traveling all over Europe. I know how planes work. I know it. My dad goes, you've only been on trains. And I was like, Dad, trust me, trust me. 
when they say the plane leaves at 5.30, that's when you board. It's at 5.30. And he was like, I think you have to be there a half hour ahead. And I go, no, dad, we're fine. Trust me. We got there and they're like, their plane's taking off. And yeah. my dad Flip out. fucking melted down and everyone left. Everyone went different directions. And me and my two sisters were sitting there going, so are we going to live in the airport now? Yeah. And we were like, well, how are we getting back to Tampa? <laughs> This is bad. I was like, I go, I guess I'm just going back to Tallahassee. I'm yeah. like, a, I don't want to go home. Fuck that. It was one of, it was probably one of the fucking, one of the worst experiences as a family I've ever had in my life. Ever fucking ever in the Miami airport. We, our bad family experiences always happen just because my dad was cheap. You know, like you never wanted my dad to pick out the hotel. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Massachusetts in, in a town called Amherst. Oh, really? Yeah. With the college there? Yeah, there's a college there. Yeah, no, yeah. I went to college in Texas. Yeah. Uh, just to get out of the Northeast. I wanted to try something new. Yeah. I, I went to college out in San Antonio. But <clears throat> my dad was just cheap. Cheap. Like, you didn't want him picking out the hotel. Really? You didn't want... No. If he buys you a flight, there's at least two stops. Yeah. At least. Because <laughs> he saved $27. So oh, do you know wow. what I mean? It's one of those, you, that's not, but I grew up with that mentality. You know, it took me a long time to go into a restaurant, open the menu and order what I wanted. Really? As opposed to, well, the chicken's 14. I should just order. I've always, I, and I tried. Are you to, good with money? Not, not as good as I, better now. Yeah. I wasn't when I first got it. Were you? I've never been good with money. I'm still not good with money. Is Leanne good with money? Yeah, because she grew up really poor. <clears throat> so she's she's uh, she is a. Did you grow up with money? Eh, no, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't say I grew up with money because um, I didn't. But I didn't grow up understanding money. That same thing. Like I don't think my dad was ever that good with money, even though he was cheap. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean, I grew up. We didn't have a car until I was a sophomore in high school my dad grew my dad did not my dad re represented the church of scientology when, when i was young like first grade second what do you grade. mean he represented the church of scientology as a lawyer yeah in l ron hubbard out of florida they were out of clearwater yeah and he represented the church and they gave him like a big uh, bonus to like to like be their in-house counsel and with that money he bought a house and like for one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars was a lot back then yeah uh, 13% interest rate. Holy shit. That's not in the 80s. Isn't that crazy? I, I'm I'm stunned they hired a lawyer out of house. That that was that was that was they that was it. This is the 80s. I mean uh, maybe the church that's wasn't why. Yeah, the yeah. biggest. As it was big, like Travolta was in it. Uh I'm trying to think who else was big in it at the time. But it, what had happened is my someone had tried to run away from the Church of Scientology. And their family kidnapped them and brought them back to the church. And that person got away and was suing the Church of Scientology for su it was suing them. And my dad represented that person suing the church. And then I think this is right. I'm almost a certain. He was representing that person suing the church. And my dad won. And after he won, the church came to him and said, we want anyone who can beat our lawyers. Uh... And so they hired my dad and his partner. They represented the church and... Uh, worked with them, was in-house counsel kind of uh, a little bit for a period of time. And then my dad went to go get the money from the church that they owed him. And they said, and they were like, sorry, we're out. 
and then out of money and no they just didn't oh. pay him and so my so we bought this house for $135,000 but we couldn't furnish it there was no furniture in it so we lived in a house with that had it had we had a, a family room and we all had our own bedrooms and we had a kitchen, but there was no like that was it. There was no furniture. There was no. There was like four rooms with no furniture in it. So when you came into our house, there was, like, the first thing you saw was just a room with no furniture. <laughs> uh, it was, and so, um, but they didn't furnish that house until I was probably in like we moved in there in third grade. They didn't furnish it until I was in like eighth grade. Oh my and so, god! Like, so we had money enough like for me to get a car when I was fifth, sixteen. I yeah. got, but I couldn't get like. I, not like all my friends were getting the car they wanted and I got the car that we could afford. We, I wanted the Jetta or a Sirocco. I wanted a Volkswagen right. and I got the Fox. Fox was $11,000, which is still a lot of, a lot of money, yeah. but the Jetta was like $17,000. My dad's like, nah, buddy, you're getting the fucking Fox. Yeah. We, uh, we, the first car that I had and drove was a Reliant K station wagon four on the floor station wagon. Really? Yeah. And, um, I just realized that, like, I didn't think my kids will ever drive a stick shift. Did you grow up with stick or automatic? That Fox was a stick shift. Stick shift. I had to right? learn how to drive a stick shift. Do, do they even sell stick shifts anymore? Yeah, Segura's got a stick shift, I think. I think Joe's got a stick shift. I mean, they... You Must got, be for sports cars. It's for sports cars. You can yeah. Buy, but they don't make them... It, it's not an option as a, like... The stick shift was cheaper than the automatic. Yes. The automatic was like $12,000. Back then. Stick shift was yeah. $11,000. And my dad's like, you trust me, it'll be good that you know how to drive a stick. Yeah, and I so, can't yeah. remember the last time I drove a All stick All my cars shift. were stick shifts. Mine my too. Jetta was a stick shift. My my Fox was a I had two Jettas, I think. They were both stick shifts. I had that Reliant K. I had a Mazda 626 that I bought in college for like $900. And then my first big purchase, you know, I, I did some work for Nintendo when I lived in Seattle. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, it was the first, there was a game called Donkey Kong Country, which was their first big launch. And they made a VCR tape that told you everything about the game. And they sent it out to a bunch of people. And I, I, I was living large off of Nintendo money in Seattle as a comic. It was fucking amazing. And I went and bought this, my first car that I really bought by myself was a Saturn. Really? Fucking stick shift. No, it's got a Saturn. Yeah, no air conditioning because I didn't need it in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I never appreciated a car more than I appreciated that Saturn that I worked my fucking ass off for. My uh, Eddie Bauer Expedition. Uh, 19, it's probably an, it was probably a 1999 Expedition and I fucking loved that car. Yeah. I love that truck. I leased it. I just leased it. And I fucking love that truck. I loved, I loved, I've loved every car I've ever owned uh, that I've, you know, leased or, or bought as an adult. I, there is, there's something, and I think it goes back to like us being grateful to even have jobs. Like that's the other thing is like, I'm just grateful that I can make any money at all doing stand up. Mm -hmm. But there's, I feel like I remember when I got that first car, I was like, I was like, I bought this car. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Amazing though, right? Oh. That 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 you know, I remember like driving my parents' car or a car that my parents helped me get. And like I didn't give a fuck. I'd eat in there, spill shit in there, whatever. But there was something about that and it was a Saturn man. It's not a Rolls Royce. Yeah. But I was like, hey, wipe your wipe your feet off. I'm like, they're like, what? 
Yep. I'm getting in your Saturn. Yeah. George and I, we just got this new uh, uh, navigator. Yeah. Navigator. Yeah. And uh, fucking Isla comes in in combat boots and puts her feet up on the dashboard. I go, what the fuck? And she's yeah. like, what? I go, Isla. And she takes them down. I go, do you see those huge marks? And she goes, yeah. I said, clean it. And she goes, I'm not going to clean it, Dad. There's going to be more marks. And I went, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There are actually, that's the whole point of you cleaning it. There are not supposed to be any marks on there. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they don't quite, they don't quite get it. You know, I, I'm glad that I made my kids get jobs in high school. How were you when they, how were they when they got their first jobs? Well, my daughter worked in high school and, and Jacob, they both worked in high school. Really? They both worked in high school. You know, I... Where, where, where? What did they do? Well, you know, my daughter always wanted to work with animals. Yeah. So she worked at, at uh, some pet stores, and um, she also volunteered a lot in high school. She volunteered a lot in high school. So, But she worked at uh, pet stores and stuff like that. And um, Jacob's worked, you know, he, Jersey Mike's worked on set with me. He's done a bunch of PA work um worked at camp counselor like for me yeah that's when you start to realize what money is is when you make your own oh you know what i mean my kids i have no fucking clue what a dollar is they, they don't but they don't they don't ask for money and they don't ask for things they're really weird i think that's because the land land gives them an allowance what's the what's the what's the going allowance right now i have no idea i have no idea what they get for an allowance. <laughs> yeah. i have no fucking idea you don't know what the allowance is? No, I have no fucking clue. I because I fuck it up because I come in and I'll have uh, I'll have money. Do you for merch. disrupt the flow? Oh, a hundred percent of the house. You disrupt 100%. the flow, right? Hundred percent. Like it's almost in. easier when you're not here. Way easier. Yeah, hundred percent easier. Like, like I think life without me in this house, everything so smooth goes smoothly. Yeah. The second I come in, the girls realize they can pit me against mom they can they can like there's a there's a, a a leverage that can happen like isla and leanne fight fucking aggressively like they got no fight the other day this is my favorite thing that i've witnessed isla's not good at apologizing uh -huh. right like i remember when we first bought this house like the first week they got into a real big fight isla and georgia uh we're coming up on three hours we should probably wrap it up soon but we get Holy into shit. i know it's been fucking i can talk to you so easy yeah this hasn't felt like three hours at all at all um so they get into a fight they get into a fist fight like a physical fight and i break them up in the kitchen or we used to have a yellow kitchen in this house and i said hey what the hell is going on i go you guys don't understand you need to be a team you should be a team against me and mom. One day, mom and I aren't going to be here, and it's just going to be the two of you. Mm -hmm. And you need to realize that you have each other's backs. And after a fight like that, there's only one thing I want to see right now. Georgia, and Georgia goes, looks at me, she goes, you're right, Dad. She goes, Isla, I'm sorry I hit you. I love you, and I apologize. And I go, great. I go, Isla, what do you have to say to that? And she goes, Georgia, I accept your apology. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I go, no, you're supposed to. So Leanne and I get into a really big fight about homework. Isla misses zero period. And it spills. It's, it's, it wakes me up. I'm up now. Because I, I think I, I, for whatever reason, I'm st I sleep in. I was going yeah. to spin class. Spin class doesn't start till 10. I sleep in. I wake up. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And they are fighting in the kitchen. And Leanne goes into the, into the closet, start getting dressed. And Isla's stewing. And I go, hey. 
you need to go into that closet and apologize to your mom right now. And she's like, no. And I go, Isla, we're walking into that closet. So we walk into the closet and she goes, fine, I'm sorry to my, to my wife. And my wife goes, fine, great. And I, and Isla goes, great. And there, no one's apologized. And so Leanne gets up out of the closet and walks out. And I look at Isla and I go, hey, the fuck was that? She goes, dad, that's all you're getting out of me. And I go, Isla, when you get in that car, you need to give your mom a sincere apologize. And she says, dad, if I give in, she, she wins. Oh, and I no. went, oh, fuck, Isla. And she goes, I can't lose this one, dad. I'm like, Oh, oh no! This fucking broken brain here. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is the same kid we took. We had an IQ test that we were all taking. Yeah, this is the same kid that we get our IQ is lower than Forrest Gump's, and we go, <laughs> Isla, what the fuck? She goes, you're not tricking me with that thing. <laughs> and I go, wait, what? Tricking you? And she goes, uh, I know what you guys are doing. I go, oh my god! Like, I guess she thought it was a. F- we were trying yeah. to pull one over on her. So she didn't answer any of the questions, right? Oh my god, dude! Well, I was so. Uh, how? What's up with your special, man? It did such amazing things online. Yeah, like I was blown you away. Said, someone said something to me that you said, and I thought that's so fucking true. You go when I you I won't you don't have to share this if you don't want to, yeah. but you said someone said they they were like yeah it's everything's hard in this business. Josh said. You know, you really find out who your friends are when you release a special. Man, that could not be truer. You do. I, I, uh, for every special I've done, I've reached out to everyone. And I've only done one or three podcasts ever, ever to promote my special. And by the way, I understand I'm speaking with a broad brush. And if I did your podcast and I'm not remembering it, I apologize. I'm not speaking of you exactly, but I can tell you that I've reached out to big people to let me do their podcasts and they all say yes, but when it comes to the data of they cancel because their schedule is too busy, except for three people, Ari, Tom, and Joe. Joe aggressively has been more of a supporter of my specials. He's had me on the day it premieres. He had me on the day before it premieres and the day it premieres before. He's had me on so many times to promote specials. Tom and Ari the same, but you really do find out like who's friends. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. And you also kind of find out where people think you are professionally. Yep. Do you know because I'm not going to mention names, but there was some there's a dude who I've been friends with and who I know I've gone out of my way to help. And um I reached out to him a couple times. And he gave me the worst excuses. But basically, he should have just said, I don't think you're going to help the numbers on my podcast. If he had said that, I would have respected it way more than the way it went down. Because at least I would have known him. He's saying, look, I like you, man, but this is a business for me. And I'm going to take care of what I think is the best for my business. I would have respected that. Yeah. But there were a couple guys where I was like, you know what? Uh, you just got to tell me what the deal is. Yeah. And, and um, you do. You find out real quick. And but, but it shook out, and the way it shook out helped me more because then it, then it gave me an attitude. Well, I'm like fuck this. Yeah. I'm I'm just I shot it myself. I put it on my website, 
And then I broke it in clips and put it on my YouTube page. Last month, Bert, last month, 200,000 new YouTube subscribers. That's astounding. Last month. Just breaking up that special has been the best thing. It's the best thing. I, I really think, Burr and I were talking about this. Do, if if, Netflix, if uh, YouTube released comedy specials, yes. like if they specialize in that, and, I, and obviously I think for them, advertisers and content is restrictive. I think that it gets really slippery with YouTube specifically. But having specials on YouTube, having comedy on YouTube yeah. is fucking amazing. A lot of people find their content through there. I think they said something like over 70% of comedy is viewed on YouTube. I, that's all I do is I go to YouTube. Right. That's all I do. If, if, my, if I watch my, new specials on Netflix. Sure. I watch Netflix, of course, with my family. But do you watch but, specials on Showtime or HBO? I haven't. It's hard to catch them. Yeah. Because it's like you got to really be, you got to be like a farmer. Yeah. Like you got to be like, yeah, yeah. Like, ah, oh, yeah. I got an alarm set yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. But 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 that's that's the thing. Like my next special, and I don't know if Netflix will offer me anything. Yeah. But I talked to people who did Showtime specials, and I said before I just released it myself, I said, "How much did that help your ticket sales?" Zero. Zero. I did one. I did one. Zero. That specials I really think is really good. I released it on Showtime, and it didn't move the needle, and I at all. And then in a weird way, you're like, okay, so I burnt material that no one saw. Okay. And then I just chopped it up and put it on Facebook and crazy, right? And that's what that's what took off is that. And then now it's on Netflix and it's it was it's trending on Netflix. That one special. I saw that man. No one's. It's it, kind of amazing. And, and and no one ever saw it on Showtime. No one saw it. Yeah, you know it, it's it's. I'm it's, not shitting on Showtime. I'm just no, saying like it's that's the it is what it the is. The business format is like it's a bad place for specials. Netflix or YouTube, and other than that. It's more for me. It's it's more of an ego thing. A lot of times, a lot of times you go, you got to go. Like, am I in the mood to laugh right now? Because this is happening now. I don't. I can't slow this down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As opposed to like with Netflix, I go. I kind of want to giggle. Like, let's see who they got. Who's like, oh, cool. The fucking uh, they've got fifteen specials of fifteen minutes or the thirty minute specials. Yeah. Where they're doing that. I like. I love that man. I think it's great. Me too. I I love that Netflix has really um, net Netflix. And Joe, I think in the last five years, have been the two biggest factors in just pushing comedy back into the forefront. To you can't underestimate what Joe Rogan has done for stand up in the last five years. You can't you can't you can't overestimate it. No, no, no. Yeah, you cannot. It, and you can't and I don't I think it's really hard to quantify. It, impossible. And, because think because about not, his roster. Not only well, not only well, here's the thing is not only is he a fantastic stand up. Yeah. But he loves comedy so much. He believes in comedy so much that he puts people on mm-hmm. like that that are just really great. He had Tim Dillon on the other day. Fucking such a great interview. I he had Owen Smith on, man. Owen to yeah. me is a super funny guy who more people should know. Joe's done a lot, a lot for our business. Yeah. More for our business than I think I would argue any one single individual since Johnny Carson. Yeah. Yeah, the I would say also, and she would be in third, Chelsea introduced a lot of Chelsea, people to comedy who didn't know comedy. Chelsea did a great deal for comedy. Yes, she definitely did. She did a, I think she really introduced. In a different demographic. Different demographic, yeah. but still. I'm yeah. curious, I thought, is, what, is she, what's she doing now? Is she doing? I think, you know, I'm I, like I said, I'm not really in touch with her, but I think she's. 
doing a documentary for Netflix. I think she still, even though her show ended, I think she still has a deal there. I know her production company has got some scripted shit and stuff like that, but I wish she'd tour again. I just don't think she loves it. Yeah, you gotta love it. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta love it. Have to. It's a grind. It's a grind. Well, dude, this has been a fucking. Dude, this thank has you been so four much, hours. Man. This has been amazing, or three hours. It's been a fucking amazing. Yeah, man. I, gotta take I appreciate it you having me out. Um. Oh my god. Oh, my wife. Big snow year in Aspen so far. I have to fly out and go snowboarding to the end of the season. I've never snowed or I've never skied or snowboarded in my life. Oh, you should try it. You're perfectly fit for it. Yeah, but I, at this age, when I fall down, bad shit yeah, happens. I broke yeah. my rib <laughs> and my fucking yeah, hand. No, that's it. There's I don't play pickup basketball anymore. I'm not skiing. Like there are certain things after a certain age, I'm just not doing that. Dude, what's all the things to promote? So Halsing and write them down. I'll say them at the beginning of the podcast before we air it. But what's what? Tell everyone what you got. Um, ComedianJoshWolf.com for tour dates. Um, I do a, t- a talk show on Tuesday night on Facebook called Controlled Chaos. Yep. And uh, Cleveland this week and uh, New Mexico the next. Fuck yeah, dude! I love you, man. Thank dude, you. Dude, thank you so this. much for having me on. I appreciate Fuck it. Fuck yeah. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.